0: What is going on, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a very special episode. We have the great Nico Hines on the show. This is a fantastic episode, guys. I'm telling you right now, you're going to get so much out of this because the heights that Nico reached this year were incredible, yet he has had to battle through reserve grade, through not getting contracts, through mental health, and he speaks about it all so openly. I think a lot of people are going to take inspiration from this. They're going to enjoy the story. They're going to enjoy the journey. Uh, So, Yeah, I just, I cannot wait for you guys to experience this. Brought to you by Bloke in a Bar Shorts, dropping tonight. If you're listening to this, on Tuesday the 16th, they're dropping at 6pm for Bloke Club members only. Go to www.bloke.club. Join, it's completely free. Once you join, we will send out a text giving you the password to purchase the first ever Bloke Shorts. But they come in black. Brown and grey, there's limited amount, guys. So get in there quickly. If they sell, they, they most likely, I mean, I, I'd assume they're probably going to sell out soon because we're going a limited amount and you guys are crazy. But so get in there quick. I can't stress to you enough. Set your alarms. They're open to the public the next day, 24 hours. So if they sell out in that period, then the public don't get access to it. Only bloke club members. Uh, so grab a pair of shorts also grab a case of bloke in a bar the beer of footy the beer of australian sport it was born in the depths of sport obviously myself having played it professionally and you know grew up and and grew up in sport it molded me to the man i am so it's the beer of sport grab a case of bloke in a bar but as usual let's get straight into it baby just a bloke in a bar. What is up, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Bloke in a Bar, brought to you by Bloke in a Bar Beer. What keeps the lights on? Allegedly, it fuels the machine that you are witnessing. The Bloke in a Bar machine is, is fueled by Bloke Beer. We tip it into the, the fuel machine over there, and then it just gets all this content that gets spat out. It is by Bloke in a Bar. So grab a case of Bloke in a Bar, supports the platform. But now onto the important stuff. I am here with the great man, Nico Hines. Hey, have I been, do I say it wrong every time? Is it Nico or Nico? Nico, but a lot of some of the poly boys say Nico. Nico. I think <laughs> I've been saying Nico. I'm not a poly boy. Maddie thinks he's a poly boy. Yeah, right. Do yeah, he <laughs> you he's a poly boy? Maddie's literally whiter than a ghost. So no, that, he's not. That li- white water. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um mate, how are you enjoying the uh off season? Yeah, it's been good. Um got to spend some quality time with my baby nieces
1: and dad, mum, family and that mm. brother, so haven't spent much time with them over the, the
0: COVID-inflicted oh, um, you know, year of footy. So ah, it's good to come home, see mates and family and just cruise for a bit. And so you're in Sydney currently, but you've still got to go back home to get your stuff and then come move to Sydney? Yeah, so I get the keys for the new house on Monday in Cronulla.
1: Mm. Uh, I've been living I reckon
0: it's a mansion on the water. <laughs> that's all the, that's all it they it reckon. is a crossroad
1: from the beach, but it's not a
0: mansion. <laughs> 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 I don't know. If you're the storm boys are saying money bags, I reckon. Ah uh, no. <laughs> they, they all took it, that's why I couldn't stay there. <laughs> <laughs> um, but
1: yeah, so I moved there next week. Um, a lot of my stuff from Melbourne's on the central coast so with my dad's house and yep. just slowly start moving it down. Is it What's
0: what's the feeling like? Because obviously you've basically been at Storm since. Obviously you're at Manly in the under twenties, but yeah. like professionally, Storm is basically your only home. Yeah, yeah. What's that feeling like? You know, new club, you're going in as an NRL player. What's it like? It's
1: uh, it was a bit of sweet at the start, and you know, get saying goodbye towards the end of the year. We didn't really get to finish how we thought we would have, and um, obviously we went. We done a, a team trip in the Goldie, and everyone kind of just went off because there was a bit of a COVID scare on the Gold Coast. So all the boys quickly ran back to where they were from and um, I really, didn't really get to say goodbye properly. And then all that coaching staff went back to Melbourne because all their families, some of their families didn't come up. So mm. after our drinks on Monday, on Sunday it was, there was a flight home straight to Melbourne and they all got on the, the flight home. I didn't really get to say goodbye to some of the coaching staff oh. either. So. It was, uh, it was tough doing that, not being able to get a proper send-off. Um, I got back to the Central Coast and I was very emotional, to be honest. Like, mm, I was just reflecting on the year and the last three years and, and all the, the mates I've made and the mm. brotherhood we kind of made there. And you know, I got very emotional, And uh, but it was good. I, just, I spent time to reflect on it and now I've kind of done that. I'm ready to move forward and excited for the new journey.
0: I'm telling you, nothing hits you harder than silence. And what I mean by that is like when you go home to Central Coast, obviously, yep. I'm I'm from uh, it's an ongoing joke internally, but I'm from the country, my on the Gold Coast. <laughs> but out and I live on acreage. Yeah, and like when you're out there, the quiet is just fully quiet. And it, you, you get in this kind of reflective mood, as, yeah. I, as you said, whereas, like, sometimes if you live in the city and you just go, 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 you don't have a chance to, like, take a step back and, like, really think about what has happened and, and digest it. Yeah, exactly. And, right. and what that, is that what it was like on the Central Coast was that just kind of... And yeah, it was. Wow. And
1: a lot of my mates obviously work, so mm-hmm. I had a lot of days to myself and to think about it. But I think it's important to do that because mm-hmm. if you're on the go constantly and I think reflections really important part of who you are and, and moving forward. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it was good. And, you know, I made fucking like unbelievable friendships and um, you know Craig Bellamy Frank Panisi like you know they made me who I am and, and the footy player I wanted to become so I'm always going to stay connected with those guys mm. um, you know and I'll, I get to go back to the presentation night in a few weeks to have a proper goodbye so well, I'm looking forward that. to yeah yeah and I'm, I'm grateful that the the Sharks are going to let me do that too so it's yep. exciting for that
0: made a exciting times so okay we'll, we'll just go to the, to the switch what walk us through you know Stormer uh, I guess, known for if they want to keep you, they, they keep you. But obviously, sometimes every few years they lose a player they really want to keep because they've got such a good system and such a good roster. Yeah. Walk us through the whole process. When did it become apparent to you that you may have to move on from the Storm?
1: Yeah, I think, well, last year, when obviously when we won the grand, grand final that year, and I played um, a few games at fullback when um, Paps was out and, you know, I think I started to find my feet a little bit mm-hmm. and I was... Uh, I thought I was ready but I had conversations with my manager and a a few people that are close to me that know a bit about footy and they said just go one more year you know learn a little bit more and then next year you'll get more experience and then you know once you feel like you're ready you've got to be more ready and Mm -hmm. and then I had had another good pre-season and then obviously when perhaps got injured and then got the head knock and I spent a lot a lot of time at fullback and then I started to really find my feet and then Um, you know, I really, really enjoyed being a a main part of a team, you know, doing a game plan, um, you know, and the boys looked at me into, to to lead the team and, and to be a main member. And I was like, all right, this is what I want for the rest of my career. Mm. And there's going to be a time where Paps is going to come back and, Mm. you know, he's, he won the Clive Churchill last year. So he, he's the number one of this club. Um, you know, I, I felt like I was playing really good footy and, but still he was still the number one at the time, and I thought you know i've i think for me to progress my career and for me to be an n r l player um that I want to be and um you know and try and make rep teams and and stand out then i I'm going to have to leave and yeah you know the realization of that was pretty heartbreaking because you know that's my family, that's my club that i I started my career at yeah um but yeah i I got some advice and and even the players at the club. I you know, they said, you, if you want to continue how you're playing this year and, and be a main member of the team, you're probably going to have to go. And you know, I've got my, my teammates saying that, uh, got i got their respect and, and, you know, I didn't want them to think I was going because I wasn't loyal, mm. I was just going because I wanted to be a sold NRL player. And, yeah, absolutely. You know, and it had to happen and, and it has now, so. Um. Do you remember
0: the, the kind of like, not, not you don't have to remember specifically the day, but when it, you said it out loud and it became a reality of like, ranking manager is like, look, let's let's get on the market.
1: Yeah, I think um, I think when Paps got injured first, I think I played um, Sharks, Warriors, South, and a few games in a row at fullback. And I started getting a bit of media speculation for the first time, mm. um, you know. And you know, you, you, at first, when you're getting all that attention, you start noticing it. Yeah. And then you start thinking, all right, oh, maybe I can test the market. Mm. And then Magic Round was probably one of the biggest games for me for. Speculation of what I'm doing in my career because mm. after that game, a lot of media come out about what I was going to do and and then you know I spoke to my manager said right, I, I think it's time we actually have a, a good crack of seeing what we can do and mm. and then i obviously I spoke to my dad and my brother a lot, they're the guys I talk to mostly about what I want to do and yep. you know and I respect their opinion and yeah, they said, you know well, I think it's time that you you have a, a proper look and you know when we did, and um you know I was very blown away about what i was receiving and, and the attention i was getting because that's something i've never received before you know yep. i've always been talking to reserve grade clubs yep. um <coughs> and yeah it was it was pretty uh, mind-blowing to think that you know me <laughs> like nico <laughs> hines who was a reserve grade now is getting all this attention from NRL clubs like it was pretty cool and yep. you know i was very grateful that that happened and mm. it was just unfortunate that perhaps I had to get injured for me to do it but you know sometimes in life you, the only way you can get seen is if there's opportunity and yeah. i had to take my opportunity and i did and Yeah, and um, it was cool, but obviously, like I said, it was pretty sad that it had to be me leave Melbourne. Yeah,
0: It is what it is, and it's happened. A lot of um, fans may not realise is that when you're on the fringes of first grade, you know, it's more managers going out looking and you might get like one or two NRL clubs like, oh, pay a minimum, top 30, you know, he can come and have a crack. And so you're, you're totally right. It's very bizarre to go from... It's just a strange feeling to go from desperate just to get a contract yeah. to fuck. There's actually you know solid interest, and I can I can get a substantial longer term deal. So who was who was interested, and like how did that process happen?
1: Yeah, uh, at first, obviously, I was the Bronx are pretty um, you know well known in, in Queensland, like with the media talking about what I was going to do with them. Yep. Um, I didn't I didn't like know the sharks were ever gonna be an option and you know, one day my manager rings me up and says, you know, Craig Fitzgibbons wants to have a chat with you. Yep. Obviously he's going to be the head coach of the Sharks and I just never thought the Sharks, you know, was gonna be an option and um, you know, I rang him one afternoon after training and I had a really, really good conversation with him and were you off. nervous before the phone call? I was, I yeah. was so nervous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know what he wanted to talk to yeah. about. Obviously, it was about footy, but you know, whether it was like a genuine interest or yeah. it was just like, oh, I'll have a chat to Nico, like whether it was my manager pushing for the conversation yeah. or whether it was him pushing for the conversation. So, yeah. I just went into it pretty nervous, didn't know what was going to happen and just wanted to have a good chat with someone. and. Yeah. He, everything he said in that conversation, I got off the phone. I think I rang me dad straight away. I was like, fuck, he's a real deal. Yeah. Um, you know, he's everything he said, his core values, what he wants to take to the club, the culture, just everything. I was like, fuck, this is a bit similar to, um, you know, what we have here. Mm. And then, um, the warriors come in, um, uh, had a, had a meeting with them as well. The dragons, like they were umming and ahhing a bit, had a conversation with the Raiders. Um, so there was a, there was a fair bid and obviously yeah. Melbourne, like Melbourne were always there. They were offering me a pretty good deal, like to not probably not be a starting player. And yeah. I was very like thrown away and I was very surprised, but very grateful for their offer. Yeah. Um, I always wanted to make sure that I was honest and very truthful from the start with the storm. Yeah. Um, you know, I wanted to tell them if I was going to go see someone. I just wanted to make sure that every conversation I had with another team, I was always making sure they were going to have an offer last. Yeah. Because i wanted to show them the respect if they wanted to keep me they had the the right to have the last play at me yeah and i was with craig and frank i sat down with them a few times and was just upfront and honest with them and, and they were awesome throughout the whole process and they mm. knew that i probably would have had to leave but yeah. they were very they really wanted to keep me as well mm. so i had all those clubs and um i just think that the sharks are going to suit me the most and mm. um you know fitzy was yeah, he's unbelievable. And getting to work with him in the origin camp too was, was pretty cool. Mm. Um, and yeah, I just think at the end of the day, it just come down to Fitzy, their young roster. And I just thought it was gonna fit me.
0: Yeah. Did um, Fitzy like call you or, or like regularly? Was it was it his pursuit? Cause like, what's ir- well not ironic, but there's a lot of stories about Bellamy when he wants a player, he'll call them regularly, yep. be like, this is where I see you And he'll just chat to him about anything. Yep. Was that similar to what Craig did? Yeah, it was after it's that given? first conversation,
1: um you know I got off the phone and I was like pretty excited about it and then a couple of days later you know he called me again and he was excited about the conversation we had and he just was like man I just want to keep chatting to you like I had a we had a good conversation I'm be pretty excited I want to keep like talking to you about gameplay and where I see you and where you see us if mm. I, if we're in uh, in contention and yeah I just really enjoyed talking to him about footy and mm. what he wants wants to do and um you know and then a couple of days later he's calling again and texting me like no, he was just excited, and yep. I remember, like, when I was coming out of 20s, like, I didn't really have that, and the first reserve grade coach that called me to make me feel excited was Pup from uh, North Queensland, and you know, I felt that from Fitzy as well, and, and Fitzy was the first person to actually make me feel so wanted, and you know, mm. and, and I'm a kind of guy that, like, really likes to feel wanted, and, yeah. you know, and, and he done that, and so many phone calls, and then i come down after the um, Indigenous round, and met up with the Sharks, and then drove up from Cronulla to Central Coast with him in the car, and... You would oh just really? Footy the whole time, yeah. What's his music choice like? Uh, I don't even think there was music. I think it was just, just no radio. we just chatting up for two hours. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was just yarning. Yeah, it was just yarning. Should have recorded footy. it for a podcast, yeah, bro. Should
0: have been your debut podcast. <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh man, put opportunity the, put missed. It on record and put it in fu- yeah, pocket. Yeah, opportunity <laughs> missed, bro. Um, yeah. well, so it seems like the connection with Craig Fitzgibbon is something that really got it across the line. I, yeah. know, I just I knew when I told him that
1: I was talking to Fitzy. They respected that and they, yeah. they really respect Craig Fitzgibbon as a bloke. And if I've got Frank and Craig's blessing who yeah, you know, they're genuine people of rugby league and they they know everything
0: about rugby league, then I was happy that with that decision. Yep. And it's important that they, they care about you first before the team. Yeah. So if just as friends, if they're saying to you this is the right decision, it, it does make it that much easier to make that decision because you do respect them so much. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah so obviously you, you sign the deal but this season for the storm what a what a strange strange season you break all these records you look unbeatable like mm-hmm. unbeatable yeah and you get to that uh prelim and it's like you play the worst game fucking that you've played in in a few years like it was just bizarre it was it was it was so bizarre and so on like what if you could sum up the year how would you sum it up like it's it's just a strange oh, year
1: it's hard because you break those records. You, we have like broke so many records yeah. in in the year, but at the end of the day, if you don't go win the premiership, no one remembers it. Really, 100%. 100%. You know, we'll have that record with that great Roosters team for 19 in a row, but you know, you don't really remember if you don't go off and win the grand final, 100%. do you? So it's so bittersweet. But like for me, reflecting on it, like I really, really enjoyed the year, and I can put that down to like say, let's so to speak, breakout year or mm. you know, the year that I really stamped uh, myself as an NRL player and. You know, I loved every minute of playing with those boys, and towards the back end, they'll like some like Jesse Bromwich, and that was saying, "Just make the most of it, Ruz, because you're you're going to be gone next year. You're never going to get this again." And yep. so that's what I tried to do. I just tried to make the most of every moment with that team. Um, you know, I, we We're even talking about it, like when we we're having the drinks on that Sunday. Like, fuck, it could be the best team to to never win the Premiership. Like, yeah, honestly, it was, could. It was yeah. like, such a great team, and. Yeah, it's going to be missed for sure. Mate, it's, it's
0: such a – it's just a strange year. Like, that last game oh.
1: poisons everything. I know. Uh, I don't you know
0: what happened. Like, we just dropped the ball.
1: We're just doing very unstorm like yeah. things. And I just – I honestly can't put it down to what, what happened that game because it yeah. just wasn't us.
0: It, yeah, it really wasn't. Like, your completion rate was down. and yeah. And – Didn't help that Cheese and Welch got injured. That, that killed that. you. Yeah. You know, Cheese and Welch are, like, arguably your two – like, like Welsh in the middle – is your guy he's like he's guy. your leader yeah i'm yeah. um, obviously Bromwich is there too but you know you even look at queensland when they lost christian welsh mm. they're a different side yeah um and obviously is probably your best player all season um outside himself like you and him are probably neck and neck for best player of the season so to lose those two in the middle as well yeah. very hard to very recover hard. from that but storm usually do recover from that i know it's it's just unbelievable mate no. far out. so when when it was happening throughout this whole season what what do you what do you think you did differently at all, if anything, that made this form just kind of a, appear?
1: Um, that's a good question. I don't know. I I think I seen the way Pat's played last year, um, and I just knew if I got my opportunity, mm. I can do it as well. Mm. Obviously, we're two different types of players. Like he's a very fast, um, speedy player. I can get through gaps pretty easy, Where I'm more of a, I like to set up plays more. Yeah. Um, and you got the teammates to do it in that team, and I just think I just thought well, as soon as I get my opportunity, I need to grab it with both hands. So you know maybe I can set myself up with a new contract, mm. and I can show to everyone that I can play at this level. Yeah, um, and I just worked extremely hard on my craft and and my game. You know, Billy Slater was humongous for me. And yeah, just
0: he like he's like a goat fullback factory. He just like makes yeah. players into the best fullback oh, in the game. It's it's unbelievable. It's fucking wild, bro. It's, it's so crazy, like. You will walk
1: off a field and he'll have clips there ready for you to really? know what you're doing good or what you can work on. Yeah. Um, you know, he'll come into sessions and we'll do things and you know, he'll work on our craft with us. And, you know, I've got him to thank huge mm. amounts for, for my performances this year, I reckon. And
0: What's something that he kind of, what's his driving message, do you think, that, that kind of permeates through everything that he tries to teach you? Just play to your strengths, really. Yeah. Um, and he just
1: gives you confidence to play with it to your strengths mm. you know he's not going to come and train me like he would train paps and he wouldn't yep. train paps like he would train me mm. you know he would make sure that i'm setting up plays that suits me yeah and and he'll look at the the team we're playing up against and he'll probably see something that he knows that i'll can pick them apart with and mm. he'll show me go out and do it and you know when i do it it just feels so good because he's had the confidence in me to go out and play to my strengths me going out and doing that plays from him, like it's just yep. pretty cool. They got Billy Slater giving me
0: tips, <laughs> and I go out and do it. And it's just like fuck. That's mad. has there been yeah. any anyone any try that you can remember that you set up or whatever that Billy has gone look this player he tends to do this and you've nailed it on the field. Yeah, yeah, there was. <laughs> <laughs> speak to me, speak to me. I love this shit. Um,
1: what game was it? It might have been might have been the Roosters when we played at Newcastle. It was this play where. Um, because I like to, sometimes I like to get the ball and I'll have three runners outside myself, the back rower, center and winger. So let's say Kenny Bromitz, Justin Olam and Josh Adakar. Yeah, not bad. So I like them just all hitting holes. So we'll go um, Kenny and J- Jazzy in, inside outside center. Yep. And then Joshy out holding the paint. And because I like my long ball, but then I've also, cause I want to get to the half and, and try and, and put Kenny inside the center or Jazzy outside the center. Mm. But if the winger comes in, I'm just throwing long every yep. time. And I started running a fair bit, and teams probably started to read it. And um, Satsi just goes, "Oh, why don't you keep running hard or fast and drop Kenny under show, and then just pin it for the centre and see if he turns in or out." And actually, I think it was a South game where we beat him at ANZ, and um, I did it. And I Kenny come under, held. I think he held Benji up for a little bit. Yep. Dummy, and I just went straight through and, and then Josh backed um, back me up and scored the try and he yep. was just like see I told you and oh, it was just it was that exact play he told me to do Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, and, and that's it didn't like, work
0: yeah. what's crazy is it's like because they it's like countering a, a counter like for example you they would have watched your video yep. and gone he's, he's tending to hit long or yep. whatever so they go to read it and then so Billy's like, okay, why don't you change it up? So yeah. they, they go to defend what you usually do. Mm-hmm. And then obviously that gap just fucking opens. When it yeah. was when it opened why were you just like, oh, shit, yeah. let's go. I got through it and I was like, fuck you, Billy. You're always <laughs> right. <laughs> Mate, that's crazy. That's wild. Is it, the, the amount of people that say Billy Slater is literally like a coach on the field, like at the back. He's, he talks so much. Yeah, um, yeah, that's amazing. Absolutely amazing. Um, take us back to a, a young fella. Uh, obviously... From the Central Coast? Yep, from the Central Coast. Um, born in Gosford. Yeah. <laughs> uh, p- Apologies if I get this wrong, but w- uh, Wajuri? Wajuri descent? Wiradjuri. Wiradjuri. Yeah, Wiradjuri. Sorry, yep. sorry, bro. Yep, um, that's right. And so that is your tribe? Tribe, yep. Yep. Um, and w- growing up, did you grow up... Because a, a sad thing that a lot of Indigenous people have to face is they're disconnected mm-hmm. from their Indigenous heritage yep. due to everything that's happened in the past. Obviously, Australia's trying to close that gap between the disconnection. But did you d- grow up connected to your Indigenous heritage or not really? No, not at all. Yeah. Um, so my mum is
1: the Indigenous side of us mm. and her dad is the Indigenous side of her. And uh, I think he was he was a, a proper black fella, um, but he got taken away from her when she was real young. Yep. And um, so I n- I've never met him. And yeah. I, I wouldn't even know, you know, how black he is, or you know, I, I don't even think I know his name. Yep. Um. So yeah, she's obviously had those traumas with, with not being connected to him, um. And we never really stayed connected at all with, with our Aboriginal sign, so and it sorry. wasn't really only until my mum was in jail and, mm. um, she linked up with some of the Koori girls in there, and they like spoke to her about it because like, they could probably obviously tell and like, oh, you're black, eh? And she's going, yeah, yeah, but don't really know much, and so they kind of got her connected with it and. That was only really when she got out of jail for like the final time when i just got into high school when now I, I met a um indigenous fellow bruce his name is in high school and you know he started to me about it and mm. i started getting into it a bit and yeah so i didn't really start um you know claiming i was aboriginal really so to speak until i was in high school and yep. and then when i got out of high school and then went to Mackay. anyway so yeah i kind of missed a lot of my younger years, knowing I was Aboriginal kind of yeah. thing and, you know, taking part in certain things and staying connected. And um, but once I started to to realise who I was and start to be proud, you know, I really started to enjoy it and started mm-hmm. to get connected. And, you know, someone actually Josh car like at the Melbourne Storm, when I first, you know, got more connected with him, like seeing how proud of an Aboriginal man he is just made me so much more prouder and yep. wanted to represent and yeah, like just growing up like when i first started finding out in high school people were like oh whatever go, okay, you're not fucking aboriginal yeah. you know and it kind of broke my heart a little bit i used to hate hearing people say to me yeah, yeah. nah, you're not aboriginal just because the color of your skin yeah 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 and oh no you, you didn't go through primary school then connect like, yeah, like yeah, yeah in high school like you only found out late so you don't know much but whatever yeah you may as well be an aussie like yeah, yeah. exactly and i was just like no nah, fuck fuck you you know like, yeah but then you know we got our papers eventually and you know i've started doing more things and it's just like a big fuck you to everyone who absolutely you know, started to say i wasn't but already yep. i am and deep down inside i know i am so yep. it's kind of stuff all the haters now yeah and i love representing who i am it's it's unbelievable and it's mm. such a proud culture and a lot of people i can forget how long living culture it is and don't long- educate the themselves world, yeah educate themselves enough on on it and are quick to bag it but you know we're, we're trying to make a stance and trying to yep. make it more known to to everyone, how proud we are of our of our culture,
0: mate. It's um, it's, it's sad. Like even a guy, you know, how you want to progress years ago, like Jareel, Yeah, you would look at him, you would know he's Indigenous. But even him, uh, he a similar situation. He wasn't connected to his growing up. He yep. missed a lot of that, uh, learning about like something that is so important to you as a person. And uh, and he, the way he described it, it was like it filled a hole for him. Like it was like all of a sudden a lot of things made sense to him. Yep. Um, and it is so sad that like people like yourself that are indigenous he's indigenous because of the trauma of the past you're so disconnected from it and it's going to take us a few generations to close that gap you know so because obviously now you're in a position where you can teach your children like this is our heritage Um, yeah yeah. it's it's so sad that, that that happens and also you're totally right about the culture we have the oldest culture in the world like as in indigenous culture Australia has the oldest culture in the world I think that's something that it's, we should be proud of that yeah, like for sure like f- the oldest by by even it, you know i, I understand the indigenous history is different to western's history in the sense of like measuring you know how far back uh, each goes but even by Westerner standards and measurement of time uh the indigenous culture is still the oldest in the world exactly right like it is absolutely should be celebrated like yeah, we should be sure. going how fucking good is this oh, like i agree yeah. for sure and
1: you know i'm someone who respects all cultures like the multi-culture yeah like all the boys in the storm we're a lot of multi boys and you know, samoa and tongan like i just love seeing how proud they are of their cultures and you know i reckon i like a lot of australians look at their cultures and love it like love seeing the haka like love seeing love all their 100%. war cries everyone loves it but yep. i just feel like i could be wrong people could be listening and going no you're totally wrong nico but i just feel like when say before a game the aboriginal dancers on mm. you know People, I just don't get a vibe that they love watching that. Yeah. You know, but I get a vibe that everyone loves seeing the haka. Everyone yep. loves it. Like, like, why can't everyone love seeing? You know, the Aboriginal people get up and do their dance before a game, or yep. you know what I mean? I Welcome think it's to the country, bro. Right?
0: Yeah, it's education for sure. Yeah. I think once, like, for example, I grew up, and the first Indigenous person I ever met was in rugby league. We weren't. We were taught a little, like a tiny bit in study of religion. I think a tiny bit about the dream time. but it was taught as if like, here's this kind of like. Civilization that yeah you know, whatever, whereas I think a lot of schools now hopefully are teaching the true history of the indigenous people, what they went through, um, and then when, once like the reason okay here's an example when I see the war the war dance or the indigenous um, dance, like I think wow like that dance the history of it they were doing de- similar dances forty thousand years ago yeah. and we're seeing that now yeah. and that all comes from education finding yeah. out that that's an old culture and i think if a lot of people like holy like that dance they used to do it before you know before war or mm-hmm. before like a greeting or whatever you would obviously know far more than me apologies if i'm speaking out soon um yeah i think it's education bro yeah, I, th- sure. I really think it's i think that new zealand although they have also a lot of problems i think they did a much better job at educating their population and yeah, and making sure the language is spill. i know indigenous language is different because it's different tribes can speak different dialects and all that kind of stuff but i feel like we've got a long ways to go to incorporate it as much
1: yeah i agree for sure i think Um, they can do better in schools definitely
0: yeah absolutely absolutely and that's and again that's not um i think a lot of people think just because if you're very like i think that should be taught doesn't mean i'm not proud of my australian culture either like i'm so proud of my australian culture but i also do believe that like Indigenous, we've got so much to learn about yeah. that. Like, how did you survive 60,000 years? Like, yeah. tell me that. Yeah. <laughs> tell me that part. Yeah, seriously. You know, because, like, our, we're what? How Australia what? 200 years? Like, 200, 60,000 years. Think about this 60,000 years, <laughs> Jesus, if you believe in Christianity, was only 2,500 years ago. 60,000 years. So that is. It's crazy when you put it like that. <laughs> 30 times the depth, the, 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 the pyramids. Is only five, six thousand years ago. Indigenous culture is sixty. Like that is wild. It's insane. (laughs) And if you, I think if you if you like show, put that in context to most people, they'll start to realise how incredible it is. Yeah, for sure. That the indigenous population is still, you know, against all the trials they've been through, are still here. Um, okay. Yeah. will walk us through growing up as a kid. You said that your your mother went to prison. Now, what's funny is I've, I've seen a bit of your clips talking about this, but I've purposely. Um, not watch the full thing because I always wanted to get you on the yeah, show and yeah. hear the story firsthand because it, it, the amount of people that have responded to me like, mate, you've got to hear Nico's story, yeah. blah, blah. W- walk us through growing up and what it was like. Yeah, so obviously born
1: in Gossie. Um, spent the majority of my time in your minor. Um, but I think my, my parents split when I was very young. Um, Dad got a, a wife, Lisa, and, and she had a daughter, Jenna. So we've been with them for our whole life. And I obviously got a brother, Wade. Um, and then me, Wade and mum lived together for a bit and mum actually found a, a new, a new boyfriend and, um, I don't even know why. I probably don't even, I don't think I've asked the question why, but we ended up packing up and moving up to Maitland mm. and which is near Newcastle. And we lived on a farm for a little bit and we were on there for, I don't even know, a year or two, I think. And, um, unfortunately my mum's boyfriend was a truck driver and he fell asleep on the wheel and died. Wow. Yeah. Wow, so, brilliant. Um, that would have been heartbreaking times for my mum obviously I don't really remember a whole heap of it but yep. um, yeah that that would have been a, a crazy
0: time it's amazing how like such a traumatic event in your mum's life as a kid you don't fully grasp like she actually went through that yeah exactly like right she went through the death of her boyfriend yeah for she sure did. yeah it's you know I, going through like a relationship
1: breakup it's like losing someone yeah. you know because you you're with them every day and then you're not and so for mum to go through that and, and she probably didn't have as much help as she would have liked yeah, um, through it and, and me and my brother were only very young so mm-hmm. we couldn't help how we would have liked to. Yep. So we ended up having to go back to um, your minor and um, you know, we lived there for the, for the remainder of, of our upbringing. Um, but then obviously mum kind of went a bit downhill but I think that she got like a, I think he might've got a parking ticket in her name and she obviously had to keep driving us around. a single parent, had to drive us to footy game school. She just kept, kept getting caught one too many times. and mm. Yeah, end up getting um put in prison for um X amount of time through driving while disqualified, her licence.
0: They put her in prison. Yeah, a single yeah. mum. Yeah. Yeah. How does that help anyone? I know. Yeah, I know. Um like, you know, I'm sure there are gonna be people that are like, Oh, you break the law, this that and the next thing. Prison is supposed to be about reform. Like yeah. it's supposed to be about helping society. Tell me how putting a single mother in jail helps anyone. Yeah, I know, yeah. Well, it
1: happened, and um, wow. So we we're, were very lucky that we still had, you know, my dad and stepmom to go live at. Yeah. Um, you know, very grateful for that. And but from then on, so I was probably about in year kindergarten, year one, year two. I don't Did know. Do you have
0: a vague memory of her being like going to jail at all, or yeah, really? yeah, yeah? I got plenty of memory because it, it
1: happened for the next six to eight years. Like, yeah, she was just in and out. You know, obviously going in there uh, she must have maybe knocked her out of the wrong crowd yep.
0: um, that's a problem though that apologies for interrupting you but that's the problem of about once you put people into the system they become a part of the cycle yeah, exactly and that's why putting someone in jail that doesn't really belong there yes what she did was wrong she shouldn't have driven a license blah 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 but rehabili- well, find the problem and rehabilitate don't yeah. put her in the system and then and yeah, exactly sober. no that's fine
1: It's what you're saying is perfectly right um, but then she come out and you know obviously it would have been hard to come back into society get a job straight away yep. you know who wants to hire someone who's just been in jail for absolutely x amount of time um but yeah and she kind of hung out the wrong crowd again and yep. and got into you know some things that she shouldn't have been doing yeah and you know and just got caught again in in those dramas and off she went again and just come in and out for for a long time but uh probably the, the longest time she was in there for two two years two three years maybe wow. um Were yeah you allowed
0: so, to go see her at the
1: not she didn't want that yeah we were i just don't think we made an extreme effort to um you know she she'd send letters and that um i remember one time we went and seen her it was it was, it was very hard yeah um but we still we still lived a life i kind of lived a life where i'd lie about where she was i i was a bit in not embarrassed but i just didn't want my friends and their parents knowing mm. you know, what what was going on with my mother and yeah so i kind of kept that a, a bit of a lie um yeah, so you but just told
0: I, she was away. Mum's away. You I think
1: she, I think she said she, I said she was away looking after yeah. um, her mum in Maitland or something. Yeah. Um, but we still still played footy through all that time. Mm. Played footy at your minor Bunnies. Um, you know, went to your minor Public School and, and still had a, a fairly good upbringing. Like yeah. I was lucky that I had dad. Like I said, um, to keep us uh, keep us going. But obviously, I think you know, you, you want your mum around and yeah. you know, there's <laughs> certain things you need Absolutely. your mum for that you yeah. can't have your dad for. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, um, I remember there was this one time where she come and pick me up from school. Um, you know, fucking – I think it was – she surprised me. She come out and I was doing sport on the Oval, your minor Oval. Yeah. And some – I think, some, like, whoever was on Office Studio that day come over and said, oh, Nico, someone's here to pick you up. And or I looked over and it was my mum, eh? I haven't seen her in – I don't even know how long. And, like, I was just – Smiling and just sprinted over to yeah, her, yeah, yeah. just jumped in her arms. Yeah. And I was like, fuck, this is the best ever. Oh, 100%. Yeah, it was so cool. Doesn't like, matter
0: how old you get, bro. It's, exactly it's right. It's always yeah, like that. Yeah. And,
1: and then that age, like just, you know, not seeing her for however long it was and yep. just, just laying eyes on her again, it was, it was so cool. And, Sorry, um, but then like, honestly, not too long later, like she was at a sports award day and she took me home and, you know, I was, must have took me to Macca's and we're having a great day. And then, um, you know, fucking she called me up. She said, Oh, Nick, come down the street. And I went down the street and seen her. And um, literally, fucking two minutes later, she's getting crash tackled to the ground by right. an undercover cop and put her in the handcuffs and chucked her away. And, like, literally, I witnessed all that happen. Like, I was on my what? scooter, went down to see her, and she starts running, bang, took her down and fucking,
0: oh yeah, chucked her away. God. And, like,
1: I was, I don't think I was in like year five then. I was about to go to the footy train, and I was just like, Holy shit, what has just happened? Did, they, did
0: the cops know that you were there? Yeah, yeah. And they just yeah. didn't, There's a kid, they didn't care. No. Nah it was like yeah it that's full-blown trauma like full-blown trauma yeah. for a kid yeah
1: people listening to this or you know people growing up obviously were, would have been real quick to judge um you know of, of what my mum, mom was doing at the time you know, I look back at it now and I, I don't judge her mm. one bit like she's still my mom and I still love her to death yeah um, she was just trying to do her best to to raise and, and support me and my brother yeah um, Know, could have she done it different? Fucking if she could have done it different, but mm. I'm never gonna begrudge her or you know, everything that's happened in my life I've I've lessons learnt and, and it's it's advice I've gained to give to other people now. Yep. So, you know, I'm I'm not gonna take back anything that happened, but mm. you know, seeing seeing those things that I've seen in my life, it was yeah, you know, it's pretty traumatic, but yep. it's happened. Like I c I can't take it away now. And you know, seeing her get taken away that day was 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 heartbreaking stuff. But you know, a couple of years later she come out and she was clean. All through my high school life and we had a great upbringing and you know like i said before i had my dad there and, and dad done everything for me in, in that in that time as well yep. so i was very lucky i had that um but you know like what what's happened in our life is, is made me who i am and yep. you know i'm not going to take that away from from me or my brother or, or them as well and you know i love my mom very much i love my dad for doing what he done for me as well in those times
0: wow that's incredible man for you to go through that and and to see that what do you, what did you think that you, you everyone deals with things differently what did you used to tell yourself to try and push through seeing your mother you know going through these situations you know yeah um
1: i think that and i wanted to be i wanted to be in an airplane my whole life and you know if i was going to get there i was doing it for her Mm. um obviously doing it for my brother and my dad and and his family as well but i just knew that i can use those struggles for motivation and Mm. um you know they got to a point where i was like fuck. I had my own struggles as well, but yeah. um, you know, I just every time I was going through trainings and, and I wanted to get to where I was and I just used it as motivation. And, you know, I think it was, it would have been the easy option to just go down the wrong path because I, I've seen it all and I've had to deal with that. And mm. you know, I, I know a lot of people that just take an easy option yep. um, in life and you know, I didn't want to take that easy option. You know, I could have just went and go, oh fuck, my life's hard. You know, I'm just going to go out and party and just, yeah. just get blind every weekend get on the party drugs every weekend and go oh, fuck it I've had a hard life yeah but I didn't want to do that you know mm. I wanted to make something of myself my brother wanted to make something of himself and I wanted to do my family proud and mm. you know if I get on top and then I can I can teach other people along the way that if they ever got a hard life then they can get through it as well and that's what I'm planning to do now so just, mm. just use it as motivation I guess
0: it's uh it's breaking the cycle you know it like it's, it's very all right. easy for you know the reason why kids often turn to drugs or whatever or you know sell it or whatever it's because they've seen their parents do it and it takes like one generation to go nah this this is not going to be it so then you know obviously you'll teach your kids to not do that it's it does it's only going to hurt them blah 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 um man that's absolutely incredible to, to, to think that and through all this time, so through all this time, were you making rep sides or anything or were you just playing footy for the love of it? Yeah, I remember my very first rep team was in year six. Yep. It
1: was the New South Wales uh, Schoolboys team. Mm-hmm. Tommy Chiboyevich was in that team actually. Oh, the great yeah. Tommy yeah. Um So at this time were you kind of associated with Manly at all or? No, nah, no, nah, so I was okay. only in year six, so I was 12 years old. Okay. Um, Jack Hetherington was in that team actually as well. Oh, Kind yep. uh, Connor, Connor Tracy, uh, Junior Totola. So we had a fair few yeah, in that team actually. So I remember making that team and you know when mum calls me every now and then from inside and you know, that was a, it was such a proud moment to mm. um you know to tell her that I was in my first New South Wales team yep. and then a couple of weeks later literally I was playing local footy and fucking, like dumb my ankle and couldn't oh. play and that was like another tough conversation when mum called me like bawled my eyes out saying I can't play and yep. whatnot but I still got to go away with the team and, and spend the time with the team oh that's just cool yep. um and then Obviously went off to high school and was still really enjoying my footy. Mum was out then, so life was going good. Mm. Um, yeah, I played the Central Coast rep team, um, 13s, 14s, and then I was playing touch footy as well. Love touch footy. Yeah. Absolutely love touch footy. Touch
0: footy is so good because, like, you get all the benefits of playing footy without getting tail up. Yeah. Fit, like, bash the yeah, whole time. Yeah, exactly
1: right. And you learn so many different skills in touch yep. footy that you can take into league. Um, yeah, so then I was playing that, and then I played in the Sydney North, Sydney Red... That's like before you make yourself, I was in, in the schoolboy stuff when I was about 15. And then Manly, that's when Manly seen me. Yep. And then they picked me up and then I uh, left the Central Coast. No, I still lived on the Central Coast. I just traveled to Manly all those years. Um, so, what,
0: so So, you, you
1: got signed by Manly under 20s? Yeah, so I played Howell Matts under yep. 16s, SG Ball under 18s for a couple so of years. So you were and driving 20s. like two hours.
0: Yeah. Fuck, So so how many
1: times a week would you do that? Um, four hours. So when we were in Harold Matts and S.J. Boer Before we had our own license We'd have to get We'd go on the train Catch the train to Gordon Which is in North Sydney Yeah And then How long is that from where you uh, are about to About an hour Yep And then One of the boys who was travelling with us His dad would pick us up from Gordon Take us over to Manly Train for a couple of hours And then we'd drive all the way home So, so we'd do that um, Twice a week Yep In Harold Matts And then we'd <sighs> travel So that was Tuesday, Thursday Monday, Friday We'd go up to the northern end of the coast And do gym with uh, a trainer there Yep. And then when it got to SG ball, obviously the training starts picking up mm. then in the 20s, traveling down there bloody four nights a week. That's when we had a license. So I was driving down from the Central Coast to Manly and back four nights a week, and then occasional Saturday session. So you'd be leaving at like three in the arvo. Yeah, getting back at about nine, 9.30, oh. 10. Yeah, it was torture. Lucky I wasn't any good at school. Otherwise, that would have been <laughs> so much harder if I was so switched on at we school.
0: Were you waking up just like
1: Ugh, yeah. every morning? Especially when we left school for that last year of 20s and you had to work all day. Yeah. Um, so that was a bit, a bit of a torture trip. But uh, and then I, my last year at Manly, I joined the first grade squad. Um, when Trent Barrett came to the club. So I did the pre-season and throughout the year with them and um, that was even more. So I was doing longer days at Manly. So I still live on the coast because I couldn't afford to go live in Manly. Yeah. It was just too hard and I wasn't on any good contract yeah. at Manly at the time. And I just stayed at home and, and didn't have to pay rent. Um, and I did the, the whole pre-season of uh, first grade for free. So I wasn't earning any money. So I was traveling down five uh, days a week, spending all this money on fuel, not earning any money. Do you <laughs> remember <laughs> the conversation of them
0: asking you to come train first grade?
1: Yeah, I remember... Um, so I think our 20s coach, Chaddy Randall, called me up and said, oh, come train with first grade. They were only back for like a week and night and I think I trained one time with 20s, went back, trained with the first grade that day and I, I think I trained really well and done some good things and Chaddy coming up to me in the gym and he goes, oh, Baz wants to see you in his office. I was like, oh, shit, <laughs> all right. <laughs> and then I, um, I think I went to see him but he was gone and, Drove home and my manager called me and said, "Mate, what did you do today? Because they want to, um they want you to train for the rest of the preseason. Now do the whole preseason with them." And he goes, "But there's a catch." And I was like, "Oh, okay. What's the catch?" And he goes, "Oh, they got no money to pay you." And I was like, "Oh, but like it's my dream to yeah, train full time yeah. first grade. And I'm like, I'm not turning that down. Like, no way. Percent. I'm doing it. Let's go. I'll so get my reward at the end of the preseason yeah, when I yeah. have a good preseason and." Yeah, so I don't know that. Like, I, I don't even know if that's legal, to be honest. Yeah, it's not legal. <laughs> it's not legal at all. <laughs> <laughs>
0: like, you can't just expect someone to try like... Yeah, fuck. I mean, I, I would be the same as you though. I'd do it. Yeah, percent. sure. Hundred percent. I'm
1: doing it. I yep. was never
0: going to say anything to
1: anyone because nah. I've been there from a junior and I love the club. How'd you survive financially? Were you just living on fumes or what? Pretty much. Like I was just lucky. I lived at home and dad would help me out a bit. And
0: like fuel money because it would cost you fucking a yeah. million dollars. Well, worth I of fuel. had the
1: twenties contract, but that was only like fucking a couple hundred a month. Yeah, <laughs> it's nothing. And it's on nothing. the sometimes on a Wednesday, like it would just be a recovery day, so I would stay. I wouldn't go the recovery day, and yes. I just work with dad for that day. Okay. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of a way I would make. Couple hundred, and <laughs> and work like length.
0: twenty-four hour shift just to like make it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, wow. doing no, your first w- session in first grade. Do I remember it? Or one of your first sessions? Or um, walking up, going, "Holy shit, there's such and such."
1: I remember actually not the session, but I I think it was my second day. So my first day, I parked wherever I parked, and the second day, I remember I went and parked <laughs> in Brett Stewart's car park, oh. <laughs> and I um he come in. I think we we're all just doing our like rehab or fucking whatever it was, and he come in and he goes someone's fucking parked in my car oh park. Oh no. You know, he goes, who was it? Like looking around and because I remember seeing, I think I remember seeing his parked the other day before and I was like, oh, oh that's me. Up. I quickly ran out, moved it. And then he. we were all walking out to the field and he goes, oh, someone's moved the car. Who was it? And <laughs> I was just like hiding. And he's sort of blowing up a sword or not. And yeah. I was like, I don't want my first interaction to be with Brett Stewart
0: that I stole his <laughs> car park. Par <laughs> out. Yeah. And like that, because he was like, because if you had just like d- done it quietly, you probably would have said, oh, yes, I'll we yeah. but Yeah. Because everyone now knows. Everyone knows. You can't say anything. I think
1: I told Tommy, because me and Tommy are really close then. Yeah. And I was like, Tommy,
0: I think that's me. Eh? Uh, <laughs> holy shit. You actually, what's funny is your highlights. There's, I mean, I think it's either yours or Tommy's, but you're featured very heavily in his 20s. No, I
1: think he's featured heavily in mine.
0: Okay, <laughs> he, he made, made me right. look good. <laughs> uh, um, but you were playing six? Or I was so? playing six. Six, six and, and he was seven, playing yeah. one? He was playing one, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy seeing you in a Manly jersey because I just, I see you as a yeah, storm player. Yeah, I know. So how did you go with the training and everything? Did you, were you surprised at the intensity? Was there anyone that you saw training that really stood out to you of like, wow, that's a first grader?
1: Um, yeah, the intensity was huge, like uh, something I haven't experienced before, but I was really enjoying it. Like I'm genuinely a fit guy. So the fitness and the games and all that didn't worry me. Just like the gym and the contact was probably the, the, wrestle. the heart, of the wrestle. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> well, man. Sieb's come to the club, and um Anthony Seabold, Anthony Seabold he, Manly. he was the assistant coach to Barrett that year really yeah Fuck, I didn't know that and he's been in, down at Melbourne so he's yep. obviously seen what they've done for yep. wrestling so every Monday afternoon would go to um jiu- Monday after yeah, the weekend I know. yeah I know a jiu-jitsu place in in Manly somewhere and I remember my first session coming up against all these boys I'm thinking fuck. I'm going to have to tackle these guys. Yep. And I remember I ran at Jack DeWoy at once and he just went sunk and just pumped me. And I got all these other big boys coming at me and I was just like, fuck, I just got to get my body in front as much as I can. Yeah, yeah.
0: I just remember those sessions going, holy shit, I'm not looking forward to Monday afternoon yep. every week. <laughs> you'd, honestly, the night before you'd have anxiety. Yeah, big time. Because you'd be like, oh no, yeah. like, I'm about to get smashed, it's about to be <laughs> endless. Yep. Uh, as I got older, I kind of was much better at just going you know what what will be will be because mm-hmm. I, I used to get anxious because i wanted to win everything like yeah. in a sense of like i wanted to win fitness like i never wanted to <laughs> i was always anal of like i never wanted to lose even a lap yeah like whether we're, if we're doing mas or whatever even one because i used to hate the players that would fucking run like bustards for the whole session last one they'd gas it
1: yeah, I know. and look <laughs> like heroes
0: and yeah. you're like oh, okay so I won every single one this yeah. whole time and then you wait to the end to win and you're a hero <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I sucks. would get anxiety because I'd want to every day I'd want to win yeah. but I got, as I got a bit older I was like you know what I'll just go as hard as I can whatever happens yeah, happens. Sure. Yeah. Um, but when you're younger you're just wigging out constantly Yeah, yeah out. <laughs> um, okay so you're in the first grade squad for that whole season for free uh, yeah pretty much so I went
1: all up until a few rounds in and then I was playing 20s then I went up and played Cup, so I was back kind of with the first grade squad for that couple of weeks. But then I got injured and I was out for like the rest of the year pretty much and um, didn't really spend any time with them for the rest of that year. Yeah,
0: was that that would have been a pretty big setback because you know you're flying, you're flying first grade squad,
1: yeah, injured and well, then... my um, so after the preseason, I played my trial game against the Sharks, this was 2016, mm. um, and I had a re- like one of my better games, and mm. you know that the monday coming just before the video session my manager rings me and goes mate fucking, they want to sign you for two years yeah i was like let's go this is this is where i want to be like the club i've been at my whole life mm. I'm, I'm keen to sign it. i don't give a shit what money it is and then um yeah and then we played 20s that i played 20s that first round against the bulldogs and we got smashed and um they're like oh we want to put it on hold Oh. Yeah, yeah, I know. And then I was like, oh no. And then our 20s team didn't win a game for the first like 10 weeks. Oh, yeah. Oh. And I um, so then like Baz is like, no, nah, I don't want you playing that team anymore. Like, yep. come up and play cup. And I yep. went and played cup. And it was like one of my best games in, yeah. like, I've ever played. And it was in that cup game. And then I was going to be playing cup for the rest of the year. year mm. And then the next week was like the the rep round. Maybe used to have a rep round. It was a bye. But the 20s played a catch up game. So yeah. I went and helped him out to try and get him a win, and that's when I got injured. Oh, yeah, fuck. and then I didn't play cup again for the rest of that. And year you didn't and get I mean, that contract. I didn't get the contract, and I was like left there with nothing. But uh, it is what it is. Like I don't have any. You no, know, I don't hold Manly accountable for it. Like I've still yeah. got to play a good footy when I come back from injury. But yeah, you know it is what it is. So oh. I, I was hoping for that two
0: year contract, and it just didn't happen. <laughs> shows you how much like footy is about timing and luck sometimes. Yeah, big like time. If 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 you didn't have the attitude that you have, uh, like a lot of players similar to yourself, obviously they might not be as talented as you, but they go, you know what? They go back to New South Wales Cup and they just lose the passion for it because they're just like, yeah, stuff it, man. Sure. I'd rather just get a real job. Yeah, I'm not playing for peanuts. Um, okay, so so you don't you don't get the the gig, um, you don't get the gig with Manly, and then there's no NRL clubs interested. No, and so do you go looking for Mackay Cutters then, or is that what, what oh. happens then? So it's like, I think it was like the week of the last game.
1: Um, so Steve Shepard, the, he was the Mackay coach, but he was at the Cowboys under-20s. Yep. And he was obviously seen me play over the past couple of years. And I think he contacted, I think he knew Seabsey pretty well. And Seabsey told Chatty, our coach, and he just gave me a tip. He said, oh, mate, there's a guy from up north Queensland who you know, wants your number and wants to have a chat. I'm going to give it to him. You know, It could be good for you. Mm. And then I was just like, he hadn't called me yet, but at the time I was like, no, fuck, I want to get an NRL club. Like, I don't want, I want to be NRL. I don't give 100%. a shit. What happens? I'll go for free again. I yep. want to be NRL. Absolutely. And I was getting impatient. I was a very impatient person then and talking to my manager, and he's going, oh, mate, you might have to, you could get an NRL club, but you just might have to be part time, you know? And I was just thinking, no. And then, um, like I said earlier in the podcast, this guy ended up ringing me, pup. And he was just ringing me and ringing me like making me feel wanted and he was the first guy that's ever gone you know like he really really wanted me and made mm. me feel good yep and i followed the cows like my whole life big Jonathan thurston fan big cowboys fan and i was just like had a thought think about it had a s- yarn to my dad and i was just like maybe if i go up there have a really good year can work my way into the cow system that'd be a dream like mm. and then i was like you know what i'm just going to get out of my comfort zone if not i'll probably be stuck here my whole life you know, end end up just doing what my mates do every weekend, going out, partying, like... Yeah. You know, if you're going to give it a red hot crack, get out of your comfort zone. Like, people have to go through reserve grade sometimes. Yep. So I did it, and I was just like... Um, yeah, I spoke to Pup again, and I said, I'm coming, and I just thought, you know what, I'm going to go give North Queensland a crack. Um, and then went up That's,
0: there. <laughs> well, when you rocked up to Mackay for the... What's that... you going, fuck, what's going on here? Yeah. No, no disrespect to Mackay, but... Manly's a bit of a night like it's cruisier, let's just put yeah, that way. Yeah. What was it like? Um, it was different. It was like uh I've never really
1: been in a town where it's a bit of coast, bit of country. Yeah. <laughs> it was just yeah. so it was so hot too. I remember like oh. me and my dad and um stepmum and me, mate, were like unpacking the car into our house and we were just dripping sweat. It was like I was in Bali for schoolies again. That's how hot it
0: was. Did everyone move up with you or just no? no so my move. dad,
1: the legend, like he got in his ute and um, put some stuff On his ute And uh, we'd done The drive up together Yep So like Him and my stepmom And me and like, One of my best mates TJ Because he I got him a little and trail gig up there mm. So we drove We took like four days And just, just Casually drove up there Did a little holiday as well um, But yeah I just remember Sweating that day And um, Yeah we, we moved in and, me and My old man left And I was Getting real emotional I was like was that the First time leaving home Yeah um, But yeah it, was, it wasn't too bad at start But I um didn't really have a whole heap of money. Yeah. Um, and like I was doing a bit of work with NRL development at the time and like it was off, like it was the end of season. So there was no really work coming around. So I kind of didn't have a job mm. when I first got there and uh, it probably didn't work out how I planned for that, that first um, six to 12 months, that's for sure. Was it just tough as? It was tough.
0: Did you begin to question, cause like usually if you're gonna play NRL, you can at least find a club give you like, you know, training trial or 50 grand contract or, or just something small to get you by. Were you rattled by the fact that you just couldn't seem to get another NRL club? Was that something that hurt your confidence? This may not work for me or were you always like, I will make it work?
1: No, it did. It hurt my confidence big time. Like, you know, I've went from the highest of high of training with first grade like at Manly with Terry Trevins, Jamie Lyon, um, you know, even Tommy, who I grew up playing with my whole life. I was on a high, like I was loving it getting, I was going to get offered a two year contract. And then obviously then I got injured. Then I got told that I wasn't wanted at the club. Mm. And then I've gone to, you know, having just a reserve grade contract, like that that shoots the (laughs) confidence big time. And as a young kid, sometimes you don't know how to handle with it and when you're playing twenties, I don't know if you you might might have played in the twenties. I didn't play twenties. I
0: was I debuted the year it come
1: in. Yeah. Okay. Um. So obviously for us when we're playing twenties, we're flying around everywhere. Yeah. We're just thinking, fuck, how good is this? We're pretty much NRL players. Yeah. The next step <laughs> is not reserve grade. It's straight in the NRL. Yeah. We're getting used to playing in the stadiums, flying around the with jersey. it. You know the jersey. Like all you're thinking about is next step is first grade, and it yeah. didn't happen for me. And mm. I'm seeing like some other players who I played against going straight the NRL, and I'm just thinking, out, why is that not me? Yeah and i probably could have waited out and been a little bit more patient and, and tried to get like a you know you know how i went to sunny and at the pre-season with the storm i could have tried to wait like maybe when a club offered me a preseason, but mm. i don't know why i just felt like he wanted me there i wanted to be there cowboys let's just go and i just done it and in hindsight maybe i should have waited back a bit but i'm not going to change what i've done because it's made me who i am right now and i've went through those challenges but I'm here now talking yep. to you. I wouldn't maybe not be talking to you right now if I didn't do that, you know? 100 so, um, Yeah, I'm, I, I done it and fuck it. I always say like it was either going to make me or break me and <laughs> fucking hell, I was just close to breaking me but <laughs> I got through it and I'm here. <laughs> what was the toughest time in that first six to 12 months were you playing poor footy or was it? Uh, no, it was like, so I had a missus at the time mm. um, and then so I moved away, she stayed. You know, first time away from home, no money. I remember after the chrissy break i come back up to mackay we went to i went to byron for new year's and like spent me money and i remember going up to mackay after the chrissy break and new year's and i literally had like 300 in my bank account mm. and i was on oh, what do i do years seriously?" and then i had to ring up dad and uh, ask for some money and he transferred me some money and then that was went pretty quick so then i had to ring up mom and ask for some money and you know literally fuck, like, it was just a struggle like it was the biggest struggle and then, um, you know, me and the missus were kind of going downhill. Um, yep. So I was struggling with that. And then it just come to a time where I was just, just fucking broken, man. Like yeah. it's everything, everything just started adding up. Yep. And I just remember one night I was just in my my room and looking at the ceiling, just fucking just, just cried. Mm. And I just thought this isn't working out how I planned. Yep. You know, me, me mate ended up going back cause he had a missus back home. So he didn't stay, he went home. Oh. Um. I got some, guy I've got one of my boys to come in Boothy but you know that's I just booth that's just
0: some with the times. Yeah, yeah 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 so
1: he'll be brought up and he's a main part of why I'm here still actually um yeah so like I was just no money you know me and my girlfriend had pretty much done um missing family just just nothing was at like working out I just planned in my head it was going to work out yeah and yeah it was just I just started going down the slippery slope very very fast yeah and um just come to a point where I think it was, would have been a few rounds in. Um, I think we just got flogged by Townsville Blackhawks. And then a week later, um, you know, Mrs. rang up said, no, nah, we can't do it anymore. So, you know, I, I literally had to fly home. I wanted to try and sort my life out back home. Um, and it just, just didn't work out how I thought I was going to do when I went home, come back up. and um, So
0: then you you flew back to try to get the relationship to yeah,
1: work? Yeah, and it, it just didn't. Yep. And, um, you know, flying back up alone... You know, no relationship, no money. Like, yeah. I was just, I was just fucking. you know, I was an emotional wreck. And yep. the, our um, our coach said, "Mate, you got to go see a doctor." I went to the doctor and he diagnosed me with depression. Mm. And you know, I was like, that, "Good coach, good coach." Yeah, yeah. Well, they were big believers of mental health, and uh, or not then they are, but they really drove it. And yep. he must have obviously seen something in me. And um, I knew, I knew that there was something that wasn't right with me because yep. there was that was going on for a couple of months and um yeah and I, I was sitting in my room alone for a long time uh, going what's wrong with me and yeah. not letting anyone know and i was too worried to call dad and and my mum and my brother at the time so i didn't really call them until it was at its worst mm. um and after i got diagnosed that day i remember i went home and just cried and like Boothie and that come in was just going what's wrong and i said i told him and i was just so embarrassed like really embarrassed because you know you grow up as a footy player you know you the popular kid, and you just mm. don't think that anything like that's gonna ever happen to you. Yeah, absolutely. And I just remember that day. It was just, it was just, it was just ridiculous. Like yeah. I was just so embarrassed, and it just happened. And I just feel like I didn't know whether I had it my whole life through the trauma with my mum, mm. and then now I just got kicked off, or whether it was just all that happened there at the time. It mm. just kicked off. But I just reckon I was probably uh, had it for a long time, and just that moment there breaking up with the missus no money away from home i just it just all hit me at once and just went bang and, yeah yeah and, and I, I dealt with it dealt with it for a long time i was just very very lucky that i had um you know a, a good support and equity in, in my family
0: um, do you think that like and like, i'm not a therapist or whatever i just i guess i can relate uh to a certain degree do you think it was you being successful at rugby league kind of masked a lot of the issues oh, yeah, that you sure. had yeah. and as soon as rugby league the one thing that went good in your life wasn't going good Yeah, you didn't have that one saving grace to turn to and go well at least I'm good at footy like yeah. at least I'm fucking a good footy player at least I'm going to play NRL yeah. whereas like as soon as it came to the point where you're thinking I actually you might not play that then you start asking yourself what, are, what am I what am I even here for exactly right and
1: obviously me not getting an NRL contract after 20s mm. and then seeing like the start of that year some of the players i used to play against and i thought maybe i'm just as good as we're playing yeah. nrl mm. and i was just like questioning whether i'm good enough now mm. and and like you said it got because footy wasn't really that, that, that what it, i thought it was at the time mm. and it kind of got taken away from me and i just wasn't where i thought i should be um and i start we kind of didn't have a great start of the year in q cup and you know i wasn't playing great footy and i was just questioning whether fuck, am i good enough anymore yeah like yeah. am i I'm playing reserve grade. I'm not really carving it up. Like, yeah. you know, you, you expected to carve it up if you're coming up here as a, as a main signing for the Absolutely. team. And yeah, and then I was just like, I rang home and I thought, fuck, I'm going to throw it in. I'm coming home. Yeah. You now I want to, I'll be the local hero playing for our, our local club and just play that, get a job and, you know, that, that's me. Yeah. And then, you know, that's when the family were like, no, nah, you're not coming home. They knew how good you were. Yeah. They knew, what, they knew, they what knew you were I had ability. Of. Yeah. And they knew what I was capable of. Yeah. And I just probably forgot about it. Yeah. Um, and they just had to put me in the right direction. And, you know, I said it on the the YKTR podcast the other day. Um, my brother actually got up me because I said, um, my mum said, you know, think of the five-year-old um, kid that when you had a dream, but it was actually, Wade, Wade reckons he said it. Oh, uh, really? said it, but so what, the, one of them said it to me, he said, just think of the five-year-old Nico, you know, when you were a kid, when you used to fucking put all the footy gear on, go to sleep in it, you know, think of the dream you had back then and don't yep. let him down. Go fucking go make it, go do it. And then it really resonated with me like, fuck, you know, I'm not going to let down my fucking five-year-old self. Yeah. You know, I'm going to work hard and just imagine how good it's going to feel when I get up, when I get through this, get to where I want to be, you know, and and I run out in the NRL field and do my family proud. So that moment really made me want to turn, turn the corner. Yep. Um. You know, I was just, I was just very lucky that I had them in my corner and Aaron Booth, like Aaron Booth went through the road, the wave with me big time. Mm. I, um, I remember one day he come home to me, just curled up on a ball crying and he mm. just, I rang him up. I said, please come home. I like had to leave work to, to come home to me like oh, that. Wow. He was like, Fuck, I didn't know I was going to come home to that day. Cause he knew how bad I was. Yeah, hundred percent. But that's not, that was just my headspace at the time. I was just didn't know what was going on. Like I couldn't deal with my emotions and yep. just, it just all hit me. And you now I started seeing counselors. Um, I didn't, I don't think I reacted well to the counselors. Like, yeah. So the first lot of counseling I'd done, I didn't really enjoy um, and I went home for the off season after that year, and you know I had a big weekend, and um, yeah, I think I got on. I must have had some party drugs, got on the um, drink for the whole weekend, a big bender. Mm. Um, and yeah, and I had to come down, and you know it all hit me big Especially time. like, back like then. the worst thing that you could Wor- do. Yeah, the, the worst thing I could have done yep. in my 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 head fra- uh, space then. And yep. yeah, and that that day I literally like like what am i doing here what's my purpose and yeah i remember just walking around Mum's house looking i was like looking for a rope and i was like wow and then i couldn't could not find it and i just thought to myself fuck, what were you going to do even if you found it were you actually going to do it but to yep. even have those thoughts absolutely it was just it just hit me then going fuck i do not want to feel like this ever yep. again and then i went back up to Mackay because i re-signed and i sat down with the captain his name's tom murphy and he just gave me so many harsh harsh truths say like so many like No no one's ever sat me down And just really like Said some truths to me Just saying like If you don't sort Your fucking self out right now You're going to end up Being furniture in Mackay You're not going to go anywhere Like yeah. You're not going to Become an NRL player If you don't sort Your off field right Yeah um, And he just Just really sat me down And laid the law to me And I was like Fuck I needed that and he said Go fucking see a counsellor Do it properly Otherwise yeah. you, you know You're going to be stuck And you're not going to Live out your dream And I respected that so much Because no one's really Done that to me Yeah and I went and seen counselling again, done it properly, started to get my life on track again. Um, and then we didn't have a good year as a team, but personally I had a really good year. Yep. And then I yeah, ended up getting an
0: opportunity. Wow. That's just like, it's, there's so many little things that, that went, I mean, obviously a lot of things went wrong, but when you look, I mean, I'm a, gla- I'm a glass half a full kind of guy. There's so many things that went right to keep you here, keep mm-hmm. you on the straight and narrow and not go the wrong way. Um, and yeah, like the suicidal thoughts, the, the bizarre thing is like when you're in that headspace, you don't actually realize, even if you're saying to yourself, oh, I may not have done it or, or whatever, the fact that you're even thinking that, yeah, that's the problem. Like it that's a, and it's yeah, a slippery slope because if you're thinking that, if you keep thinking like that, it'll, you'll eventually get to the point. But when you're in that headspace, you don't realize that that's the headspace you're in. Exactly it's right. only until you're out of it and you're like, I wouldn't even think about that. No. So it's very hard to relate to someone that's in that mental headspace because they're not thinking the same way yeah, not at all. that a normal person's thinking. No. They're questioning certain things that you wouldn't even think yeah. to question. Yeah, um, I'd walk around
1: like in the shopping centres back home and I'd like be embarrassed and scared to walk through there because... They, did, they had no idea what I was going through, but yep. I thought they were looking at me, judging me and laughing at me because I had depression yeah, <laughs> kind of yep. thing. Absolutely. But they had no idea, but that's Absolutely. just what goes through your mind. You just 100%. think of the most silliest things mm. and like looking back and I just can't believe that, you know, that I was, I could th- had those thoughts in my head because yep. right now, like I would never
0: even think like that anymore. Yep. Um, the bizarre thing is though, that when you're in that moment, you're not thinking it's weird to think like that. Yeah. You're that's just your reality. Exactly right. You don't have the foresight to know like this isn't normal. You're just like this is the this is the way I live now, this is yeah. the way I think. For sure. Um, mate, it's so so good that you had the guy there that gave you the hard truths. Yeah. Um and and, it, and then for people also when it comes to mental health, the recovery, it's not an overnight thing. Nah, no, It's at a all. slow process. What yep. was that process like for you?
1: Yeah, well it's just seeing counsellors. Um, you know I went once a week and and seen him. And then I think surrounding myself with, with positive people. Yep. Um, you know, Aaron Booth was one of them. He, he was exceptional through it all. Yeah. Legend. legend. Absolutely. Hey Boothie, you want some beer? I'll send you some. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So he, he, he was great. Um, and then I tried to, I think I had to stay off the piss for a little while, but purely because it's a, it's a depression anyway in itself on the piss. Um, yeah. And just constant calls back home to dad, Mm. um, brother. Yep. Um, you know even even some of my mates and then i think i don't know just trying to just get into a better headspace like yeah. just just working extremely hard on on the little things you mm. know and just not not looking at the bigger picture of being in the nrl or other players playing nrl mm. um you know and just just controlling what i could control and and yeah i, st- I started to do that i started to pick myself up um you know just, and, and people being there for me and then starting to play some good footy again mm. Um, I was never a big believer of you have to get your off field right to to play good on field. I was always like, fuck, I can just turn up and play eighty yeah, minutes 100%. on the field easy. I don't give a yeah. shit what's going on behind my life behind closed yeah. doors. But I was I was so wrong. Yeah. Like once I started getting all the shit together, that's when the footy started playing good again. And yeah, you know, I started getting confidence back and started people started believing in me. And um, yeah, and then I eventually had this, the Falcons reach out and um, off I went kind of thing.
0: Uh, so so the Falcons reach out but do they reach out as a purely reserved rate or do they reach out of if you go well here, the Storm, they know who you are, there may be an opportunity.
1: Yeah, well at first, I remember the day I played against the Falcons at Bowen as a country round and Harry Grant tries to tell me all the time that he's the reason why I got to the Storm. Oh, terrible. <laughs> um, so Flannery, Chris Flannery, yeah. um, he's the CEO there and he came up to me at the pub because everyone goes to the pub after the game um, and he's like, oh Nico, what are you doing next year? And I was like, Oh, I don't know. Why? What do you got? And he goes, "Mate, we'd love to have you at Sunny Coast." And I was like, "Fuck yeah, that'd be mad." Yeah. Because I was always trying to get into the cows, but they kind of rushed me. Mm. Um, and then I, I mean, he spoke to my manager, and at first there was I was signed two years. First year, um, no preseason storm. Second year preseason. Yeah. So I think they might have had their preseasons like already offered out to other people. Yeah. And I was like, "Fuck, just try to get the preseason," and then like. Two, like a week later I think it turns out manager text me and was like mate we've got the pre-season and I remember I was working at a, a primary school and as a teacher aide I looked at my phone I literally like was starting to tear up I was like fuck no way yeah. this is my opportunity
0: like Fucking this is it yeah this is what I've yo. been waiting for the for Melbourne so, Storm too Melbourne Storm yeah like I was did they just win the comp they would have right, 2019 um, 18, 18 eight, was nah the they lost to the Roosters and for the year of 17 they won the comp? 17-1, yep. 17-1. So, yeah so I mean they're the Melbourne Storm they're fucking unbelievable yeah it. and yeah. I was like far
1: out let's go and then um, you know, I was really starting to prepare to um to go to the Melbourne Storm and yeah Harry reckons at the pub that night he, he got asked
0: oh Fl-
1: Flanno Flanno asked Harry and goes oh who do you think's better out of um, you know the halves in the kiting because what we want them and then Harry thinks – he reckons he's like, oh, yeah, Nico was good. Let's get back. Okay. He seems like a good bloke and all that. And I was like, fuck off, Harry. Until <laughs> <laughs> this day, he reckons he got me there. But um, Harry would have been in, like, his second year of first grade.
0: third yeah, year. Oh, even sorry, even, second no, year no, sorry, reserve grade. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> the coach is like, oh, well, yeah, yeah, you reckon, mate? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's um, so if I was yeah. Harry, I'd claim it too, though. Yeah. I'd claim it too.
1: <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, and then I finished my time up in Mackay, um, and then I, you know, I was going to go to the Falcons and, and work my way down to
0: Melbourne. What's the like, the butterflies rocking up to that that you would have been so excited rocking up to first day of preseason yeah. with the Melbourne
1: Storm. Yeah, big time. I um, well before that I remember like ringing me old man, um, saying that I'm going to do a Storm pre-season. It's yeah. like something I've been waiting to call in for because like me and my dad, um, you know, obviously. We grew up together with footy, mm. and he was always my coach, and he supported me through the whole time with footy. and And he was the the guy. Always, I, well, I still do always turn turn for footy. So to give him that news was huge, and yep. to give him more news that I'll talk about a bit later was even better. But so when I done that, that was fucking unbelievable. And, and I knew that once I got the storm preseason, that this opportunity could be my very very last. Like yep. I could never get an opportunity to be in an NRL system again. Mm. So. I wanted to, in that. I knew how hard the preseason was, so that off season, I trained my absolute ass off to yep. prepare myself for the Melbourne Storm preseason. Um, yeah, so I'd done a mini preseason before the preseason. So I went down there the first day, like walking into the doors, I was just like, "Far out! This is the unbelievable. mecca of rugby league, yeah." Pretty much. Yeah, and you know, all the boys coming up and making me feel welcome, shaking your hand, and I was just like, "Fuck! This is where I've meant to be. Like, yeah, way I've the Melbourne Storm be my whole life, kind yep. of thing." You know, and stepped foot on the field and it was just the intensity was unbelievable and the coaching staff the, the way they you know every little detail they put into it it was just amazing and I remember I think it was like the second or third day I um literally I literally said this is the footy field I just put my foot onto the footy field and Billy Slater's was already there with his hand out shaking my hand like no asking way. who I am what I'm about where I'm from and that and That's I was so like, oh yeah like this is the goat of yeah. fullbacks literally of Queensland everything like I grew up hating queensland yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like just to see how much care and how nice he was for me who i'm not even a contracted player there yeah, like, i'm yeah. just not there on a pre-season so
0: you're a cute you're a Q
1: Q-cup cup player yeah. he, like he doesn't even have the like he doesn't even have to come over and yeah. talk to me you know what i mean
0: and to, to be honest and you would back this better than anyone like the amount of no offense to Q players the amount of shit Q players that come and train with first grade mm. and just like they do one session, they can barely handle the fitness yeah. and, they, and they're just gone. Yeah. They just get rotated through so much. So yeah. it's like very, obviously you show everyone respect. Everyone does that. Yeah. But it comes to a point where if you come up to every single Q Cup guy and try to build a relationship, they're usually gone in two weeks yeah. and you never see them again. Yeah,
1: exactly right. Uh, exactly so for right. Billy to do that, it just yeah. shows you what yeah. kind of bloke he is. And he
0: was just willing to help me out
1: from that, from that day on. And um, yeah, I just, just proved what the Melbourne Storm play is about. Like, mm. Mel he's been retired. Um, or he he just was retired, but for him to care about every single player in that building yep. is just what Melbourne Storm players are about. And Absolutely. I just knew then and there he was a legend and I just wanted to be at that club yep. and Hard, very, very hard preseason. doing the IDQ camp. Did you do the army camp? Army I camp. I was going to say, yeah. all that
0: training, did it prepare you for the
1: army yeah, camp? Yeah, yeah. Like, I was so nervous because all the boys, like, were literally talking about it. Like, oh, I can't wait for you to go on the army camp. Fuck. Um, but literally, like, I think two days before the army camp, Cheese messaged me. And I, I've played against Cheese and knew yeah. a lot of mutual friends of him. But he messaged me going, mate, if you go win that army camp or go kill it, there's your contract. 100%. He said that to me, and I, like I just got a random message off him. He's never spoken to me before, and I was yeah. like, "Fuck,
0: that's mad!" If he's just told that, that's, then, that's to hear that from a guy that's in it. It gives yeah. you so much hope and like motivation. Exactly right, exactly right. And I was just like, "Fuck, I want to
1: go kill this." Yeah, like I know this is my chance. And Bell's was there watching the whole time.
0: It was so funny. Was like, it seventy-two
1: hours, forty-eight hours? It was like um, it was three days, two nights, I think. So seventy-two hours, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, and. Um, Fuck yeah it was it was mad like we had a great crew and um you know you learn a lot about yourself
0: on those things bloody oath you learn a lot yeah. and you, you know what you learn you find surprisingly people you thought that are mentally tough aren't yeah and people who you didn't think were mentally tough are yeah for it's, sure. it's a very like you can't explain you can only speak about army camps with people that are not not like little pissy army camps that are for fun i'm talking about the hardcore ones that obviously we been on Unless you've been on one, you don't really understand mm. how correct, like how in depth and how mentally, how far they'll push you mentally. Yeah. Further than you'll ever think you could go, and you'll go further than you ever thought you could yeah, go. Yeah, exactly right. Exactly right. And I um,
1: remember we were doing this bloody walk, and it was just you can't talk to anyone for hours. Yeah. You just have to walk in silence. God. And I got these big blisters on my foot. And I remember I was like, fuck, I need to go see the physio to get them strapped up so I can keep going because they were counting how many laps you were doing. Yeah. And I remember I, um, I went over to the physio and quickly took it off and Belzer was like right there. And I was like, no, I yeah. wish he wasn't here right now because he must think I'm like... Being soft. It's being soft. And then he's like, he was taping it up. I was like, no, be sweet. i was just get it on right now. Let's go. And I've already like... They've already, all the boys have done a couple extra laps before I've done it. yeah I just went, fuck, this could be like him counting me out for this contract yep. and then I just put it on and I just flew <laughs> flew for ages to try and yep. catch up because I was like no this is this is going to hurt me yep. and I remember just thinking come on think of your think of your brother think of your mum think of your dad think yep. of your family let's go and I just flew around as fast as I could to try and catch up with the boys ended up coming like third I think but yep. Shando and Tommy Izo were flying I couldn't yep. catch them who but won yeah. it? Uh, Izo, Izo won our one wow. him That's and Shando were neck and neck um, it's always the guys that are like
0: the most desperate for for yeah. to win, you know yeah. what I mean? Like yourself was so desperate. Yeah. was trying to make it in Dennerel again, and then yeah. uh, obviously um, Tommy was like reserve
1: grade. Yeah, you know? yeah. Well, Tommy got like the he won it, and then means Shandor got like honourable mentions. Okay, so that's like yep. second or third. I don't know what what. You can give or take what honourable mention is, whether they're saying that you yeah. done well because you started shit or you done well through the whole thing. I don't know, but uh, no, I think honourable mentions is like you, you you went well, yeah, like you went well, yeah. And then after that, I remember, yeah, we were all like when you come back from the army camp, the whole the whole Melbourne Storm club's out there having a barbecue, yeah. And you come back and you just see everyone there and they're all in silence and uh, you drop down and do a few more push ups and get up and then they start um saying he won it all that and then afterwards like it's just a big round of applause for the whole Fuck club and yeah. then every single one of the boys come over and shake your hand and like ask for the stories and that it was so mad like yeah. it was one of the best feelings and then like frank come over to me afterwards and he goes hey nico how are you like i was like yeah good and, and then frank's like mate craig was really impressed with you um we want to invite you back after chrissy for a couple more weeks and I was yeah like, oh yes that's sick that's hectic let's I go was, i was like fucking so pumped um yeah, it was just it was just an unreal feeling. And then obviously got to call my parents and say, you know, because that was my goal, to, to be invited back. So yeah. I ticked that off. Um, and then the, inv- the invitation was to come back to the Geelong camp for two weeks. So they do a Geelong camp. Um, so I went back and done that. And, like, that was torture. Yeah. Like, Cause it's all Like in that time of year It's 13 to be 13 They're getting real serious yep. And like I was just Off to the side Running the whole time <laughs> I know And I was like Fuck What have they invited me back for I'm just it's off to the side Doing up. nothing yep, yep. But you know That That uh, Camp I learnt Hell of a lot Like so much Like in the meet, Just in the meetings And yeah. um, Everything that's going on at the club Fuck I learnt shit loads And then After that we went and done This big hill session For the final day And um, I was saying goodbye To them again And you know Aaron Bellamy and Bells is like mate thanks for your time you know we'll get you back down for a trial and you never know what can happen go play good footy and you could be back down here. and i remember going on home on that flight um, back to i went back to the sunny coast and i had this book and everything i wrote down in that pre-season and i just summarized it all i just wrote everything down that i need to do to go and be signed by Craig Bellamy like mm-hmm. what i need to implement in my training at sunny coast how i need to start the season how i need to play and what Craig Bellamy sees in his players and I just wrote it all down mm. and then um, I mean I'll just keep reading it and then I was like you know I'm going to go tr- train at the Falcons like I'd be training at the Melbourne Storm and then prepare like I'm going to be playing for the Melbourne Storm for the Falcons Fuck oh, smart. and for that first five five to six, seven, eight rounds whatever it was mm. I played really really well yep. and then Frank calls me up one day and goes Nico we want to sign you Fuck, and yeah. I was like no way because I literally I was on the phone to my manager i was at the uh the australian zoo with my brother and um sister-in-law and my manager called me and goes mate there's a, you know, a couple clubs interested just want to let you know like i keep playing good footy yeah. um i go, anything from the storm and he goes oh no nah, nothing yet go off the phone and i had a voicemail from frank saying nico can you give me a call mate and literally got the phone to the manager get straight on the phone to frank and he's saying mate we, have, we want you to come down we're going to have a meeting about next week what yep. we want to do with you um we'll give you a call next week and then a week later he calls me and goes, "Mate, we want want to sign you for next year but not only next year, we want to bring you down right now." And I was like, "Fuck." Mate, that was honestly that? like the best feeling in the world and um that was another phone call to my dad that I was just like so happy to call him. Was and, it a
0: year deal or 2 year deal? Uh
1: 2 year deal. Fuck, how yeah. good is that? Yeah, and like, fuck, that was just like fuck. So good, like, sick, just so yeah. mad just to think about everything and yep. reflect and I was like,
0: fuck yes, I'm going, I'm doing and it. And I've got the contract, it's there. I've got I'm it. one yeah. of them, I'm one of them. Yeah. Um, fuck, I didn't get no contract after army camp. <laughs> yeah, contract. You know what's funny is though that the, the dude, the SAS dude invited me to come and tra- he's like, we need blokes like you in this thing. Hey, if you want to come trial, yeah. come trial with us. I was like, bro, I'm here to play fucking footy. I'm not here to join the SAS army. Um, that's incredible bro um and so when you're flying down there like what's the headspace are you just like i'm gonna give everything you yeah. know I mean, my whole life is gonna be dedicated oh yeah for sure i um yeah i ended up driving
1: down there um the old man jumped in and helped me um, podcast you listen to podcasts on the way down no no nah, nah, just music and are you a podcast man not really really like I thought you'd be a podcast man. I like if someone says tips me up to listen to one, I will. Yeah. Um, I kind of want to start my own podcast, and i have not even listened to one. But.
0: <laughs> you know what? That's a. It's a like everything that I do. Like I try, I try not to consume too much other people's content. Yeah, right. Because like I want to keep, I want to tr- keep thinking along my wavelength. Yeah, you know. Okay. Like, and as soon as you start polluting your mind with other people's ideas, although like you know maybe this is the wrong advice or the wrong way to go about things but even like little things like i'll have other people that i work with or whatever that's like oh look what this beer company did or what this beer company did and i'm like i try not to look at that because then i'll never be the same once once i witness that idea i'm never going to be the same if i didn't witness that idea and my thinking's never going to be the same i was going to i'm going to go down a different path to what i would have if i hadn't have viewed that yeah and so like You know, maybe it is a good thing that you aren't listening to podcasts because you might bring something completely unique that hasn't been done before. Because you're not biased by what's come before you and thinking that there is a certain way to do things. Like I often believe that if everyone thinks something is good, then that's not the direction to go. And what I mean by that is like if you ever want to revolutionise something, it's actually going to feel not right to begin with. Yeah, Okay, because like it's got to feel counterintuitive. Because if everyone already believes it's good, that means it's already been done. And it's if everyone has the intelligence to think it's good, you've got to think of something that they're not going to think of if you want to revolutionise something. Yeah, that's great um, advice actually. I like that. And so maybe I don't know, maybe that'll work for you. Yeah, maybe hopefully. you'll revolutionise podcasts. Fingers <laughs> <his> crossed. <laughs> um I <laughs> um, get a bit sidetracked there. Maddie, he's always fucking sidetracked. <laughs> um, okay, so you get down there and you make your day at the same time that you did you debut same, only a few year. months
1: that year a couple of months later yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. okay
0: so walk through the debut how that oh, came about
1: man like remember how we were talking before um before the thing we put the podcast started about like being down there just holding the pads um so when i signed down there the first couple of weeks i was just kind of like uh not left to the side i was still doing everything but it was kind of just like nah. You just do all the things with the reserve grade. Yeah. And I was You're there to kind of like make the numbers up. Yeah, yeah. And um, like, obviously, I had to know that I was going down to do that. I'm not going to walk in straight in the first yeah, grade. Yeah, 100%. But me gym, being me, I'm just like, no, I want to be involved in everything. I want to do everything. Yep. Um, uh, but you got to know your place, obviously.
0: So I'm I'll tell be- you. Sorry, I'll just tell you a quick story. <laughs> this is how entitled I was to show you, like, when you're younger, you kind of get this, like, no, no, I want to do this. Yeah. I, yeah. I remember fucking we were all hung over as fuck in 2006 when the broncos were made the grand final we hadn't trained for months or whatever um or like weeks maybe you know four weeks been drinking the whole time this is the reserve graders yeah. and they like called us in to hold pads for them <laughs> uh, for the grand final and I was sucking. I was like man I don't want to <laughs> hold the pads now I look back and I'm like you should be honoured they're about yeah. to win a grand final <laughs> you piece of shit 100% oh my god so you're not the only one that gets
1: impatient yeah 100% yeah, I called my dad and I was just like man I just want to do everything I want to play it so yeah. bad like seeing the, all the video sessions now seeing everything how they do it all and I'm like "Far yeah, out! I want to play so bad yep but I knew I was like fuck I'm not going to play Um. but then like I uh, come around i forget what round it was um because they were playing at central coast in a few weeks and i remember back when i first started the preseason, i seen a draw come out and i rang your brother and i was like "Fuck, way they're playing a game at Central coast i want to yeah. work my ass off to, so i can be picked that game no way. anyway fast forward 10 months and it was coming up and i was just like surely not yeah i was like nah damn it no one's getting injured it's just not going to happen they're they're traveling so well um, just keep preparing to go up the Sunday case, Nico. Yeah. Yep. Um. And then that week came, and Jerome Hughes rocked up. He was he was starting fullback, and Paps was on the bench. And Romy rocked it's up. Fucking wild. <laughs> Jerome
0: Hughes. Jerome Hughes like the second or third best half in the comp. Yeah. And uh, Paps, the Clive Churchill's on the bench, like yeah. fuck crazy,
1: eh? And Romy rocked up with a bad back, and like he was literally walking in like he was an f- eight year old man. <laughs> <laughs> and I looked at him, and I was like. Hey, what's wrong with you? What happened? Anyway, and then we went to, I think it was the day we went to the cinema to watch the Adam Good story about, mm. um, you know, how he
0: got racially oh, and all that. Yeah. Just that. sorry, just quickly, apologies. Um, anyone that's listening, please watch that documentary. Yeah, buddy Because even I, I had a certain, I didn't know what had happened. I'd only knew what the media had portrayed. Yeah, And so even although I understood like, um, Adam Good's plight I was all, also of the mind of like well they're booing that's part of sport yep. like they just don't like him as a player or, or whatever um, please anyone listening to this go in with an open mind because I, I, I was kind I'll be honest before it I was like it's sport you get booed mm, yeah. I just didn't know the full story watch the documentary yeah, what's it sure. called it's um,
1: um,
0: what is that called oh fuck
1: I'm sure you look up Adam yeah, Good's uh, doco. the Australia or Australian
0: Dream Australian, Australian Dream yeah Dream, yeah, yep, yep. Yep. great documentary yeah, sorry great one.
1: yeah so we watched that before we went in, me and Harry, me and Harry, um, like besties down there, we were sitting together. Money was over here and there was like a, this weird mirror in front of us. And Money's like, Nico, stop licking your lips. And I was just like, what the fuck are you on about? I thought he was just thinking I was looking at myself in the mirror, like yeah. licking my lips. Yeah, I was like, Money, shut up. And he goes, nah, stop licking your lips. You're going to play this week. And I was like, what? Because then Paps walks in with a boot on, a moon boot. Oh, and I'm shit. like, he's the other bad back. Pat's is a move. Surely, like, no way. <laughs> so I went. We went and watched docco Didn't even think anything about it. Yeah. And the next day, we um, went out to train, and it was like the first time I've ever been. Like they put it on the whiteboard. My name was on in fullback for the for the first grade team. Yeah. And I was like, what? There's no
0: way. And you were named at one. I or was named Jersey, at one. 18? No, no,
1: like it wasn't on the team. It was just on the whiteboard for okay. when we go out and do like 13v13. 13 13. Yeah, okay. So who's in each team? So I was on the first grade team and then we'd done a bit of like left on right and, um, and then I like went out and like trained really, really well. And I remember like just throwing this nice ball to Chambers, um, put him through like a hole and then Chambers comes over going, oh, "Fuck, that was mad. Like I haven't done that for ages. Like that would be sick to play with you and that. And yeah. I think he might have gave me a rap to Belzer or, not or whatnot. And I think I trained pretty well. And then Bells would come like strolling over to me. I think I was about to go do some extras, just some catching the bombs. Yeah. And Crofty was there and I was here and he like walked, I was like, oh, I must be gonna to talk to Crofty, walk straight past Crofty and come to me.
0: Yeah. And I was yeah,
1: like, he's coming over to me here. Yeah. Um, so I was just acting cool. <laughs> 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 he comes over and he goes, uh, so the, you know, the boys could be out, um, yeah, I, might, I might give you a crack. I was like, really? And he goes, yeah, we'll just have to see how they go tomorrow. Um, uh, you're not going to be named to 21, but that doesn't matter if they get ruled out. We'll yep. Try and change it anyway. And then I was like, try not to smile. And then he, um, he's walking off, and I was like, Oh, if I don't, can I come anyway? <laughs> it's like my hometown. Like, yep. It's in my hometown, Central Coast. Like yep. 18th or something. Yeah. And he's like, Oh, it is two A. Eh? He goes, Oh yeah. And he just kind of walked <laughs> off. <laughs> and then um, tomorrow, I come and like that night, I couldn't sleep. Eh? Like, yeah. I didn't want to ring anyone, but I rang my brother. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to ring dad Because I knew how excited you would get yeah, Mums yeah. Just would go insane Yeah So I rang my brother I was like Oh Wade You know It could be a chance Don't get too excited yet But it could be a chance Anyway Next day comes around And then I hadn't been told anything yet So I just went and done So the reserve graders were doing gym mm. And I was just like in there And I was like Oh no one's come and got me yet First grader doing video Like I must be. And then Hoffy come in And go Nico you meant to be in here I was like Oh yes And then right, like, ran in I was doing the video And like the physio come in And like he goes, oh, no, nah, Husey's no good. So he ruled Husey out. And I was like, oh, one down. Yeah. <laughs> one down, one again. down. And then I'd done all the video with the first grade, first time that day. And um, we went out the train. And then I was with the first grade boys again, did the session. And, and I think Paps was over doing like a fitness test with our physio, Jonesy. And um, I was kind of seen him like, I was like kind of looking over there. <laughs> and then I think I kind of seen him like walk off early. Yep. And I was like, oh, it must have like, must have been no good. And then after the session, Bells would come over and goes, looks like the the two boys are no good. Uh, I'm going to chuck you in. And he goes, but we've got to get a clearance off the NRL first, but if we do, you're in. And I was like, oh, no way. But then I was still like, don't get too excited. What if the NRL doesn't clear you? Yeah, I was thinking back when I got really excited about that uh, contract with Manly, and then that got (laughs) let down and I was like, fuck, what do I do? Do I get excited? And all the boys like slapping me up going, yeah, just pump up. Let's go. You're playing NRL. And then I was, went home, I went to my phone quickly, called me brother. I said, go get mum, take her around the dads, get the family there. Mm. And then I Facetime him and I was like, Fuck, dad, I'm playing NRL. And then like, they're all loud and dad's like, hey, everyone, shut up, shut up. What, what you <laughs> say? And I was like, I'm playing NRL. And, and they were just pumped, cool. man. It was mad. And yep. I said, don't get too excited. We've got to wait until it's cleared. And then yep. next day, well, I got Aaron Bellamy actually, Craig's son, messaged me that night going, Nick, I'm so pumped for you. That's like, yep. mad. You deserve it. And then I text back going, is it cleared yet? And he just didn't reply. And I was oh, like, oh, far out. And the next day, uh, I was at a cafe with uh, Curtis and Harry. And um, I got a call off Hoffy, He goes, mate, it's clear. You're playing. And I oh. was like, no way. I quickly rang my dad, told him. And then, yeah, and it was like um, that afternoon, I was getting on a flight to Sydney and travel down to the Central Coast, where I was like up to Central Coast, where I was from. And I was just like, fuck, there's no way. Like, Chances. I'm about to debut yep. in my hometown. Uh, what the hell? How does that happen? It, like, mate, it, it does it, it. That's crazy. I know. Crazy. It, was, it was just insane how it all worked out. And yeah, it was pretty sweet. And so, <laughs> do
0: you remember anything from the game specifically at all? the Yeah, debut?
1: yeah, plenty. I um, So, I got plenty of tickets. Like, there was like a whole bloody section for my family and friends. Yep. Um, stayed at Terrigal and yeah, and then we did the Captain John and went back home to have a lunch with everyone. Captain John, after Captain John, and then. The jersey preso was that night, and dad and mum uh, my brother, and my sister-in-law, step came, and yeah. my brother handed me my jersey, which was unreal. Sick. And then yeah, got to the went the next day, got to the game, and I wasn't feeling like overly nervous. I was just so excited. Yeah. Um, but then after like Bell's speech and you were slapping up the boys ready to go, I was like, "Fuck, this is so nerve-wracking." Yeah. Ran out, looked down to my like where my family and friends were, and I was like, "Fuck yeah, this is so cool." Yeah. And then, um, yeah, played the game and then like after just ran over and just jumped into the crowd and yep. um, had like a special moment with my dad and, and mum and brother. Um, and yeah, and just spent that, that, that moment with all of them. It was just it was just so cool. Like just so glad that I got to have that moment for them. Like, yeah, absolutely. You know, I really wanted to, to, to get there for those guys because they never, get, never gave up, up on me at all and yep. they were there through thick and thin and, mm. you know, they got me to where I was and... Yeah, I was just very grateful that I got to do it there for them um, and all the boys like in the Bells, everyone just made it so special for me and like yep. s- just so extremely grateful for, for how they handled the law, you know, got my family in, mm. gave me all those tickets and just made it super special. Like it was, it was a, it was you a dream come true. remember from the game? Like was there? Yeah, any, yeah? plenty. I remember <laughs> off my first run, I think it was off a of scrum. And I got it, and uh, Cody Walker was like, you're not getting around me, boy. <laughs> and he tackled me, and then um, uh, what else happened? I but think, like, damn, that's Cody Walker. Yeah, yeah. Um, I remember uh, I think I was on the line, and I had to get into the D-line, um, and Big Georgie, I think it was big George Burgess just come steaming at big me, you know, to just get in front of him. Um, and there was like a moment where I could have my first try assist. Um, I got the ball on the right side, threw a long ball to Soolyi, yeah. She, like jump put it down scored and i was like yes this is the time and yep. then um went to this video ref and he just stood out oh yeah i know fuck. um but yeah like it, it was mad and then crofty scoring at the very end just to, to put us in the lead yep or oh, not they put us in the lead where they just definitely couldn't catch us yep um yeah it was just it was just so good and then just after the game getting the hug off the boys it was mad
0: um was mad. okay so that year you know you you play 11 matches um mainly as utility off the bench uh, I played eleven matches the year after. Oh, the year so after. I sorry. debuted, played one, and then the year after I played. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yep. So twenty twenty, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, so twenty twenty, you, you obviously you win the premiership, but and and you, from my perspective, I you know you played in the grand final. You're a grand, you're a premiership winner. Yeah. How's it feel for you personally? Is it a is it a very strange feeling to think like you didn't get on the field, but obviously you you were a huge part of getting to the grand final, mm. and you're in the seventeen. Yeah it's, Is it weird? It's so
1: weird man Yeah Like It's kind of hard To explain to people Because You know it's A lot of Like 90% of the people are Going no Like you deserve that Like you were in the team You deserve that Yeah Like But it's kind of Hard to explain Like it just doesn't feel Like I won that day Yeah Like um, Yeah it's just Because At the time When the sign went Like I was up and ready To get on up and down Um and the sign went and all the boys, like I went and cheered and that, but like I just it just felt like there was something in me that was just felt a bit weird. Yeah. But then like I look at all the boys who were celebrating who didn't even weren't in the seventeen. Yeah. You know, I was like, fuck, every single one of those would have killed to be where I in that position. Yeah, absolutely. And when I put the ring on, like I was like, Fuck, I got a premiership ring, man. That's that's 100%. unbelievable. Like I may not ever get this again. Mm. And then, you know, I'm lucky that I'm in this seventeen, this group of boys who just won a grand final and you know, it was hard. Like, it was, it was very bittersweet. Um, but at the end of the day, like, I'm a premiership player for that yep. team. And Absolutely. And I'll be on the walls there forever as a premiership player, and no one mm. can ever take away the ring from me. Um, you know, I played 11 games in a row leading into that grand final. So, yeah, it is it is what it is. Um, if I could look, go back and play in the game, I can definitely. But now yeah, it's just even made me hungrier for more and, and to yep. to be a main player in the grand final, you know. So, mm. um, yeah, it's it's so hard to explain those emotions of being a grand final winner but not actually getting on the field like it's yeah.
0: it's hard man it's Cause hard. like in reality what is the difference like if you ran on there for a minute and made two tackles does that really make you more of a premiership winner do you know what i mean yeah I don't like know. and where is that line between how many tackles and how many minutes do you have to be on the field before you feel like okay i'm a premiership yeah. winner is it you have to be on the field for ten minutes, five minutes, three minutes. Yeah, exactly right. That, um, that's a that's a great question to be oh, honest. Yeah, but th- but that's I think it like it leans in your favor of like it's an arbitrary number. It, it doesn't matter. You're in the seventeen. You're named yeah. that seventeen. Your role that day was to not get on the field. That was your role in the team to not because yeah. like it was shouldn't have been, but it was to the death. Um yeah i, I mean I, I see you absolutely as a premiership winner a little bit different to like 18th man in my opinion yeah like, for sure i can understand why an 18th man would feel mm, you know i'm, I'm not like yeah. okay yes i was in the squad but i think if you're named in the 17 regardless whether you play or you don't play you uh, you that not playing is a role yeah it's it's a role um but i also understand the competitor in you yeah the the high standards in you was like I wanted to get on and play in the grand final and make a difference, kind of oh, thing. Oh, yeah, for
1: sure. And I remember seeing a stat fucking halfway through this year. Some guy on Twitter goes, Oh, Nick Hines is, um, he's won an Origin Series and a grand final without playing a single minute. <laughs> and I was just <laughs> like, Man, that's fucked. Man. Yeah, I didn't win an Origin Series. I was just 18th man for that third game. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't count that me winning an Origin Series. There's yeah. no way in the world. Um, but yeah, like, winning the grand final, like, I go through stages, man, where I'm just like, Yes, I won one. No, no,
0: I haven't. You yeah. know, yes, I have. But I like think you broke. I think you absolutely did. You're in the 17. Yeah. Like it's not. You're in the 17. Like belly probably could have just put you on for 30 seconds. Would yeah. that have changed how you felt? Probably not. You know exactly. But technically, you ran on the field. Exactly right. Yeah. Um, yeah. But the, yeah, I, I agree with the origin. If you're 18th man, like yeah, you're part of the squad, but it's not the same. No. It's not really the same. No, not at all. Um, so yeah, you win the grand final. Like what? what leading into that you've only like at that point you'd only played like 11 games or 12 games what like were you sitting there going like what was the build-up like for the grand final were you nervous were you excited yeah it was you've gone from like 16 months ago q cup yeah no nrl club is interested yeah you're i mean you go back even further like 18 months you're doubting whether you'll even play rugby league exactly right to a grand final i know it was
1: it was a whirlwind man like even like beginning of the year, I wasn't in the first grade team and then COVID happened um, and like I was, wasn't even sure if I was going to play footy again and then Bells chucked me on the bench one game and then gave me a crack at, at fullback and then I played really well and then I think he realised maybe I could be utilised as a, a utility on the bench and yep. then I, he never kept me out of the team. But like, yeah, at the back end of the year, when we started, we went on a run and now I, was, I was becoming a, an important part of that team with me being a utility and, and filling in at fullback when I had yep. to for those few times. Um, I was like, far out. Like I started to think, man, I could I could possibly win a grand final on this team just coming off the bench. Like yep. how good is that? And then we went and won the semi final into the prelim and I was, and the boys are like, all my mates who, I was a bit closer with the boys who aren't playing first grade. Yeah. Like fuck, Nico! You could win a grand final here. Like you could win a ring. How good's that? Like, yeah. And they were starting to get into me. Like, mate, no matter how, like, if you don't, if you play five minutes, you don't get on. Like, you'd better celebrate like you've won. Hundred percent. And um, you know, it got to the grand final week, and I was like, I just still didn't know because Tui, Tui was coming back, um, from injury, and he he was killing it when he was playing, and he deserved his spot big time as well. Um, so we had the training week, had the fan days, and that. And I was named in the 17, but I still didn't know if I was playing. Yeah, so wow. he hadn't told me he was playing yet. I was <sighs> on the bench. So I didn't get told until Captain's run. No way. I was, um, was in the 17. Yeah. Um, so I was, I was just preparing like I was playing. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, the grand final week, like, it was just so surreal. And it was different. Like, all the boys explained it differently because we were in COVID times. We're up in Queensland. We didn't really get the Melbourne fans yeah. there. We didn't have all the, the media like Penriff would have because they were in Sydney. Um, but I loved it all Like I loved Like all the other older boys Were like fuck We're doing this again <laughs> you know, like, All the media sessions again yeah, But yeah. for me I was just frothing Just being 100%. around Being in the 17 Grand final week Like yep. this is a, Everything I've dreamt of Fucking crazy Yeah it was It was mad And then flying down to Sydney And then You know like On the day Just seeing Like looking out the hotel And you're just seeing like All the fans Walking around the street To get Going to the game And yep. when we come down You know all the Storm supporters Clapped us out of our hotel Like it was just so mad Um and yeah, like, fuck, at the end of the day, I've got a premiership ring, so it still counts. Yeah, yep. Um, absolutely. I
0: yeah. think it does. Absolutely it does. Um, and so this year, you get called into game three of the Extended Blues. So do you remember the phone call? Were you yeah. spinning out? What was that like? Yeah, I remember. So
1: we played, I think, Thursday night against the Knights. Not against the Knights, The Roosters at Newcastle Stadium. And then we went back to Melbourne, and we were having nine days off um because we had to buy that week coming and i was like yeah because i was had some niggling injuries man like i was i was rattled at the yeah, time. yeah. I was like, Fuck yeah i get like nine days off here You're Gonna steal a million
0: bucks when i come back but we we're on like the level four protocol so we couldn't even leave
1: the house in, in melbourne yeah. um but i was like fuck yeah i'll just have a mad week off cruise and i think it was sunday night and um i think me and so me and Boothie lived together and another lad and his missus i think we had some beers um that night that saturday night i think we were just like we're locked in we're like fuck let's just have a like a a games night yeah and then um yeah so and i spoke to fitzy that night um just about shark stuff yeah and then uh, i was watching a movie sunday arvo and i had a missed call from fitzy and he's like call me asap Mm. and i was like fuck what did i say did Mean him. We me mean him. Spoke about shark stuff. He's "Oh, we out yeah, and do something wrong." And yeah, uh, I was thinking me. he might have thought that I was. Um, I might have went and said something to someone about what we're talking about the sharks. Yeah, about yeah, shark yeah. stuff. And I'm going, oh no, what have I done? <laughs> and then I rang him, and he goes, "Hey, Nico, what are you up to?" Um, and what are you up to this week? Like, and I was like, well, "Nothing," because we're stuck in fucking level yeah. four protocols here. <laughs> so I'm literally sitting in my house doing nothing. Yeah. And he goes, "Oh, how would you like to come uh, be in the extended squad for the New South Wales team?" And I went. Fuck off. No way. <laughs> and then he goes, mate, Freddie, Freddie wants you and he, he's got me to call you. Uh, you're in. And I was like, bullshit. And he Fuck. goes, mate, I'm serious. And I said, let's go. Like, oh that's my so God. hectic. And I was just like so surreal and I'm, I just didn't believe it. And I was just like, there's no way, man. Like there's no way I'm about to go into a yeah. New South Wales squad. Did you get a jersey? Yeah. yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Well, originally I was named at 19th man. Yeah. And then um, I think Danny Saff. And Speedy got injured, yeah, and then Dale was 18th, so he got put into the front row, and then I got 18th. 18th, and I wasn't because like 18th, you wear the blue yeah, thing, yeah. and you're like on the bench the whole time. And, you, and you're you warm in, up in that. Yeah, you like you're in if someone yeah. gets injured, like or someone gets HIA or yeah, whatever, yeah. Like, like,
0: and it's elite. You're warming up in an Origin game. Yeah. What are you thinking? Like I'm warming up for an Origin. Like what the fuck is yeah, going man, on? Yeah, man. Like I remember,
1: i I'm always used to running out to warm up with the Storm crew yeah. and like seeing the crowd and that. And I remember just. All of us, all blue jerseys, running out to warm up, and looking in the crowd and just seeing the Blues fans going nuts and the Queensland us, like yeah. I was just like, "Fuck, this it is Origin hectic. game." Yeah. Like you I watch know. this shit going up, yeah. like this is fu- you're in it. Yeah, it's and fucking like wild. If someone like Magic Round say someone, remember when someone like head high, someone got sent off, yeah. like Paps did. Yeah, our eighth man come onto the yeah. to the bench. Like yeah. that could happen to me potentially, oh, yeah. and I'm going, "Fuck, I've got to be be ready." Because I remember like our very first field session. Uh, not Fitzy, Freddie goes, Nico, you're eighth man now so I need you to cover this, this and this, this position because if something happens you're our man next yep. and I went, oh, <laughs> holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> so, if something happens to one of those boys I'm next in line yeah. like, I can know if that's mad and yeah. to seeing the boys prepare all week, um, you know, the the respect they get when they talk, all yeah. of them, um, you know, just, just little bits like even uh, Mars, Cam Murray, like he was so professional in everything he'd done during yeah. the week um, you know, Teddy, the way he goes about his things, like it was just so unbelievable. And mm. I just learned a hell of a lot. And, you know, it's just kind of made me feel like, fuck, I want to be in that squad every year from now. Yep. And I want to Absolutely. work my ass off to try and be in that squad every year. And um, even like in that warm-up and then Teddy told me to put bombs up for me for him. And it was just like, it was just mad. Like, it, was, it was so imagine cool. Imagine
0: telling your kids in 20 years, oh, yeah, I was putting bombs up for Teddy. You know, Teddy's on the path to become the greatest fullback yeah. of all time. If not the greatest, second or third third max in my yeah. opinion yeah um, and you're bombing for him to warm yeah. up in an origin yeah. game I know in the greatest ever margin win from an origin from a New South Wales side yeah fucking yeah, was world, cool. bro. and then like even after
1: like I got photos with the the shield with the boys I didn't know whether I should have or not but they told me to come into yeah, it okay. um, yeah just being around the shield and just being around all the boys like it was just it was just something that you just like fuck I want to do this Mm. more and more and more now and yep. once you get a little taste man you yes. just, just want it just want it so and bad
0: what, what was the intensity like on on the ground like comparing to another NRL game was it like crazy intensity when yeah. it comes to the physicality of it all or? yeah for
1: sure it's just like it's like the presence you can just feel it like you yeah. just feel it me just sitting there on the bench like you can just feel the intensity just, just thro- floating through the stadium like yeah. the crowd just on edge and mm-hmm. like just every collision was just so much bigger um and yeah, even just during the week, like we all, everyone does the same training. Like yeah. everyone, you know, it's pretty simple what yeah. you do. But like it's just to that level of just intensity, you yeah. know. And I just was like, I got going to training. Just wanted to, didn't want to fuck up at all. Yeah. <laughs> just wanted to make sure my passes were on point and everything I was doing was on point. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and you know, I just soaked it all in, enjoyed it, and just mm. really loved training
0: to that intensity. Who was someone that you uh, really looked at and was like, wow, he's fucking, he really brings another level?
1: Um, Oh, good question. I think Teddy, Teddy, I didn't like he did a lot of talking and he kind of took some of the drills and that I, you know, like no disrespect. I just didn't expect that of him. Like I didn't know
0: what sort of leader he was. Mm. Um, Well, he's quite private Teddy. Yeah. Yeah. Like Teddy and a lot of the rooster boys is you don't, they're, they're very like insulated. Um, similar is sometimes to some of the Storm Boys. Obviously, you've got some louder characters in that. But yeah, Teddy, you don't really know him that no. well, which is a good thing because he, yeah. he's a private person, it seems. Mm. But yeah, I'm the same. I, I didn't see Teddy as a guy that... I saw him as more of a leader via action yeah, than so talk. I. Yeah, me too. But you know, clearly, clearly, he's grown into a leader. Uh, I think Isaiah Yo, he, yep. was, he was really
1: good. He um, he just like, really controlled the middle third mm. and he was very vocal about it too. Yep. Um, yeah, I, just don't, I don't think there was... A whole heap of vocal people there but They were just all led by their actions Like Yeah They all spoke in their little groups And when we were training and that mm. um, But Teddy did lead most of it Yeah Um. Like Cameron Murray Like we were talking off air before Like I really respect him About his game more now After seeing how What he does behind closed doors You know yep. With all his rehab Prehab stuff mm. um, And then the way he turns up for the game It just absolutely kills it Every yep. single week um, but Yeah Like they're all very very professional Yeah And um, You know It's just For me going into coming into nrl recently and then going into um origin like it made me realize what it takes to be so professional to be in that squad like i need to do that every single week week in week out you know i don't have to i don't need to just come into origin and be professional i need to do it every single week to get back there
0: absolutely absolutely um okay what's the in your head what is the plan with with the Sharks? You know, you're, you're a key signing in a key position. It seems like you'll play six, but obviously, you know, you, things change in, in pre-seasons yep. or whatever. In your head, what's the direction?
1: Yeah, well, it's kind of the first time, you know, or it is the first time I'm going to a club as a, as a main signing. So yeah. I think I need to go there with an attitude that I am going to be a leader and mm-hmm. I am going to be a main signing. So I need to... Restore the faith in that what they're putting me so yeah. I need to go there and, and work extremely hard to make sure that They know that they haven't made the wrong decision by signing me and yep. And I think that's what you got to do with going there as a main signing So and they've brought me there to win games of footy to yep. be honest, and, and that's what what it is um, So I'll be working my absolute ass off to make sure that I'm putting my best foot forward So that club is in the right step to win football games. Yeah, and they got a really, really good roster there. And you could, you showed, it showed the way they played it towards back in the year. Like mm. they were flying. They just missed out on semis. And, you know, they're going to bring, Cam you McGinness know, Ken McGuinness a captain of the dragons. Yep. Dale Finugan a captain of the, the storm, like two great leaders into a team. That's got great young players. Like mm. that's just, I reckon that's, you know, speaking fucking leadership and yep. hopefully success. And for me, I'm just going to learn off, uh, you know, Wade Graham, Ken McGinnis, and Dale, continue to learn off Dale and, and try to be a leader m- myself. And, I just think that the way I play footy is going to suit them, and the way they put it, play footy is going to suit me. So I just want to go there and just win games of footy, big, play consistent footy, and then hopefully, you know, success comes off the back of that. And you know, I just want to and try and make Fitz's first year as coach very successful because he's put a lot of faith into me. Yeah. And I think it would be very rude of me to go there and just you know get the paycheck and you know just play for the paycheck when I don't want to do that. I want to be a household name and I really want to play good footy and and try and bring success to that Cronulla Sharks club
0: absolutely I I cannot wait cannot wait now ask all the boys this favourite rapper of all time favourite rapper yeah oh probably Eminem yeah he's a gun yeah everyone says Eminem (laughs) everyone says Eminem Um, favourite movie of all time
1: Favorite movie of all time? I reckon Shawshank Redemption.
0: That's a classic. Yeah, classic. Or law-abiding citizen. I love that. That's fucking great yeah. too. Yeah, it's a great movie. Jamie Fox is so talented. Yeah, big time. So talented. He's yeah. a comedian, singer, actor. Yeah, he's um yeah he's a gun mate. What a what a journey. Thank you so much for coming on, bro. I really enjoyed it, and I cannot wait to watch the Sharkies next year. I think he's gonna go really good, and I think I'm thinking potential six. Six in two years. That's what I'm hoping. Oh, not what I'm hoping, that's what I'm thinking. Um, but yeah, mate, cannot wait to watch it. Thanks for coming on. Thank you, appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Boom.